Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. I want to mention this because it's probably in some way, it is most definitely in uh, in some way, shape or form connected to, to COVID and, you know, uh, the, the hospital system in Ireland at the moment. But uh, as an Echo article today talks about, this is important because we were talking about um, waiting lists yesterday on the air. Um, there are now uh, 69,000 people waiting outpatient consultations um, in Cork. Uh, and that includes 8,000 children. They break it down in the Echo today, uh, the Cork University Hospital uh, waiting lists, the South Infirmary Victoria waiting lists, the Mercy Hospital waiting list, Mallow General, Bantry General, and um, uh, Cork University Hospital. So this is serious, the volume of people waiting outpatient appointments in Cork, um, considering what we're expecting or what we're told to expect with regards to hospital admissions, say, for instance, across across August. So that's quite worrying, you know, when all of this is over, and it will at some stage, you know, they're going to have to come up with some system to plough through it because yesterday, of course, we had the horrific story of a little five-year-old boy on the spectrum with horrendous um, tooth pain. So I have an update on that in, in, a, in a few minutes' time. But the unusual weather, as they call it, um, is irrefutable, irrefutable evidence of climate change, they figure. Um, and who am I uh, to disagree? Uh, I think the sad thing about this is when we get any kind of run of decent summer weather, of course, it comes with a warning and a risk that this is not good, which is kind of sad, isn't it? Uh, but we um, see in the examiner this morning that they say today we'll again see the mercury reach 30 degrees in the Midlands. Of course, that won't be the case in coastal areas. Mind you, they talk about Valencia recording Ireland's first tropical night in 20 years. A tropical night is when temperatures don't drop below 20 degrees overnight. (laughs) Windows open, curtains open, sleeping naked, maybe even without a duvet or sheets. How are the Irish squad keeping cool? I'd send them over crates of Tanora, <laughs> cold Tanora for the Irish Olympians. Uh, but all of the athletes have been getting accustomed to the intense heat in Japan. They wear, they're wearing ice vests and they take ice baths to stay cool. Um, and then, of course, can we come in for a drink? Any chance of a bit of food indoors? God only knows how it's going to roll out next week. But all of the papers are talking about the jab checker. Uh, what's it going to be? Is it going to be an app? Is it going to be a link to uh, the HSC website? Um, I'll come back to that a little later this morning. Um, will it be a mobile app on people's phones? Uh, will it be able to be knocked off? Will it be able to do kind of copies of it or come up with fake QR codes that will pass the scan? Who knows? But indoor dining is coming, but not for all, as this morning's examiner says. And they talk with different restaurants across the country and indeed across Cork that won't be opening. You know, apparently an awful lot of people had to get reissued with their COVID cert. Uh, Why? Well, because a fada was omitted from their name. So they got new ones with the fada on top. So that's kind of interesting because an awful lot of them, mine included, has mine, I've got a misspelled Christian name and a misspelled surname. So whether that causes any grief, whether it'll be recognized then, I'm sure it'll be fine for God's sake, but misspellings is another thing. And then, of course, maiden names on your, um, say, for instance, you might have a, a maiden name on your passport or the other way around and then a married name on your QR cert code. But the threat of Delta is the next big hurdle, according to the Star today. They're quoting the likes of Paul Reed at the HSE. And you know, it's important to acknowledge that as we say goodbye to July, uh, if you're into vaccinations, that is, 
Over a million people were vaccinated in July alone, bringing it to nearly five and a half million in total. So it's important to big that up because that's the kind of figure and numbers that will keep people out of hospital and out of ICU and perhaps alive. Um, but I don't know whether anyone out there listening to me right now had any grief in the workplace trying to get time off to go and get vaccinated because um, there's a story in The Sun saying that numerous reports of employees being docked wages or forced to take holiday days to attend vaccination appointments. I mean, if that's true, that is beyond heartless. You know, you think it would be in the interest of employers to allow their staff to go on company time to get vaccinated so that they could continue in the future coming to work. I mean, that's as miserly and as mean-spirited as I can think. But I'd love to hear from anybody who was docked wages or forced to take a holiday half day or a day or whatever to go and get vaccinated. Text 0868104106. And I know, of course, more and pe- more people are traveling and have been all week. And there's been a lot of people traveling before the 19th of July as well. But they're saying 800 cases were recorded from foreign travel. Now, bear in mind, a lot of those are in a much, in a very young age group, the 35s and under. And an awful lot of the 800 cases we're not vaccinated. So you've got to put things in perspective. But the independent leads with that are on its front page today. They also talk in the Times UK of the different countries in Europe. So they look at Italy and France and Germany and Greece and Spain um, as to where they're at with uh, who they're allowing in, vaccinated or unvaccinated. Like Italy now has just followed France and you need to be vaccinated. It is compulsory. It is law as a condition for access to public spaces or any event in France. Unless you're fully vaccinated... And that will never change until more than half the adult population has been vaccinated. So those um, who worry about vaccination and certificates and, you know, prove and proof, uh, they won't be happy to hear something like that. The Golfgate um, court case was adjourned yesterday. You know, the Golfgate Eructus dinner uh, case against two politicians and two hoteliers. That's been put back. Uh, don't know what date it will be heard, but uh, it was before the courts yesterday and adjourned. And they're also, I'm also seeing um, a lot more in the in the courts where issues regarding domestic abuse or violence or assault or threatened assault or situations like that are being blamed on the first lockdown. There's another one before the court courts yesterday, which dates back to April of last year, where the first lockdown was blamed as one of the factors that caused a period of madness for a Cork family when a 21-year-old man threatened to stab his mother and put her in a graveyard. Uh, lockdown, restrictions, um, you know, not everybody was able to handle it. Parky Cueve, of course, in the news there at nine o'clock. Um, I might want to make more sense if Parky Cueve maybe incorporated the convention centre and they decided to knock it on the head in the South Main Street and just moved it all the way down there because apparently the GAA are thinking about building their own conference venue, putting in a new cafe and they're also going to put in a GAA museum. So big plans for Parky Cueve and that's a front pager. Uh, in this morning's uh, Echo. Um, I will be coming back to this a little later on this morning because I'll be talking to Mary Lou MacDonald with regards to our housing crisis. They, whatever kind of a major housing plan Fiona Fall and Fiona Gale have, they've put it on hold, apparently. Um, God knows. I mean, go and Google there yourself. Try and find out what is the government's plan with regards to housing in the next 10 years and how many are they intending to build? You won't find it easy, I can tell you that. And also the papers this morning talk of a lot of different issues regarding people who are out swimming and making some 
fun for themselves. But unfortunately, it sometimes can lead to tragedy. And the Mirror today have the saddest of stories on their front page. A mother of two, 30-year-old Natasha Corr, she lost her life on Loch Gauna in County Cavan on Wednesday evening. Uh, she drowned trying to rescue her nine-year-old son. As they say in the mirror this morning, she died a hero. It's awfully, awfully sad. And the papers also say uh, that we have issues with regards to uh, our size in this country and that we need to get out more and we need to eat more healthy because we are now officially the second fattest. We have the second highest obesity rate in the European Union. And they break it down this morning by Eurostat, country by country. So that's nothing to be proud of. There's a lot of funny ones, actually. You know, did you ever buy a printer and you decided to buy? You said, my God, that printer is very cheap. I'll buy that. Yeah, but that's where they get you. They give you the cheap printer, but they charge you an arm and a leg then for the ink. Like apparently printer ink per drop is more expensive than a bottle of Chanel number no. five. <laughs> Could you print with Chanel number no. five? No, I don't think so. The Neil Prenderville Show. With Tesco Click and Collect. Freshly picked and brought straight to your car for free. Okay, there's a lot more in the papers and I'll come back to them. Some of the wacky ones. There's a lovely breakdown actually on the Olympics. Uh, some great stats on it. And the Olympics kind of started on Wednesday, but they officially start today. So we'll be coming back to that for a little while, a little later on. So lines open at one 850 But I want to plough on. A lot of people to talk to throughout the course of the morning. It's also a free food Friday. Text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. And I'll tell you more what we're doing a little later. We'll have three winners. You'll get four pizzas each with sides, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. Text 086-8104-106. If you were listening yesterday, you'll have heard of the story of Louise and her little son. He's only five years old and he's on the spectrum and he's had a rotten tooth and he's been crying crying and crying and crying and this has been going on for weeks and he was referred from one hospital to another from the South Infirmary to the CUH I think the Mercy were involved at one stage and the hospitals eventually told Louise that there was a six to eight month waiting list um, to get his tooth out one of the main reasons is that he needs to be sedated because um, because he's carrying, um, you know, he, he lives with uh, autism. It's very, very difficult to, um, you know, get him to calm down and allow the work to be done. So you'd have to go under sedation. So he's nonverbal, keeps putting his fingers in the mouth. You, if you were listening, yes, you'd have heard it. But a lot happened when we got off the air. Louise, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, so I hope that you're in a much better place now this morning because yeah. uh, Seamus was on to, I want to say thank you actually to the media and communications department at the, at the HSE. Yesterday yeah, was, so yesterday, yeah, yesterday was the first time that that department heard of your predicament and they worked on it for you and for us. So I want to thank them for that. But what happened when we got off the air yesterday? Um, I just got a call, Neil, at about half twelve um, from a lady. I actually can't remember her name now because all I remember her saying is that it was a dental clinic and that there was a cancellation there for next Wednesday. Was I willing to take it for Luke? So I said, yeah, of course. Now, she couldn't give me a time. She said someone will ring back before Wednesday with a time um, and just that he had to get a COVID test on Sunday. So there's light at the end of the tunnel now for us. And are we expecting on Wednesday this appointment to take the tooth out and to put him yeah. under sedation yeah. to do it? Yeah, yeah. So it's not yeah. a consultation. It, no. The work it's going no. to be done. Yeah, the work will be done on Wednesday. Yeah. Thank God for that. How long? Are you, just Thank remind God. me again. How long has he been living with this? Well, he was back at the dentist in on the fourteenth of June, but the real pain only kind of started over the weekend. Yeah, but, um, but he's he been was back at the dentist back in June, like for teeth kind of problems. Yeah, 
yeah. But he's been he's been crying nonstop now for a number. Of, you see, that's yeah. fa- that's fair enough for the likes of you and me. But an hour with bad pain in your tooth is unbearable. Never mind a day or a few days. Yeah. And, and having yeah, been told that he could be eight months waiting for it. Yeah. It's just not yeah. acceptable. Yeah, it's just it's crazy. But I even think to myself, even a typical child of five years of age, they didn't have autism. They but they can't wait that long either. It's just it's crazy. Yeah, I was reading out the statistics of waiting lists now for appointments in Cork hospitals. Yeah, it's, I heard that. It's frightening. Okay, so listen, I'm so glad. It's, it's an awful shame that the likes of ourselves have to get involved in a case yeah. like this to get it sorted. But thank but, you so much. No, I'm just saying, it's. A, it wouldn't it be great if we lived in a country where we didn't have to make calls like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And is, yeah. He, is there any way you can tell him that it's going to be done on Wednesday? No. Um, no, we just kind of keep saying, like, you know, when he's kind of putting our finger into him, we just keep saying, yeah, we'll get it fixed, we'll get it fixed. But, like, there's no point telling him, only five more days, because he wouldn't understand that. So I just keep kind of saying, yeah, we're getting it fixed, we'll get it fixed. Like, yeah, I know. In the hope that he does understand. I know, I know, because the poor old devil keeps putting his finger in his mouth. He's also, he's also become more aggressive because of it, isn't, isn't yeah. that right? Yeah, which is, you know, I suppose we have the COVID that's now to overcome and then next Wednesday when it comes out, that's another thing like I'll have to try to keep his fingers out of his mouth because no doubt he won't know like and he'll probably stick his fingers in. But once the pain is gone, that's me. Correct. Okay. Do you ever try, did you ever try, um, I know you said you were trying Calpol and Nurofen. Do you ever try yeah. clove oil? I only he wouldn't leave that into his mouth at all. That's the problem, you see. No, yeah. not at all at all. Yeah, you can't get close enough. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he's very funny anyway with foods and he's very funny what goes into his mouth, so no, that won't be an option. He's sensory as well, is he, with food? Oh, yeah, yeah, he only lives on pizza, chips and toast. Why, why is that, would you think? That it's, it's I usually don't know, I think like it's that. more the look of the food than more like... Is it colour-based or what? Yeah, I think it is, I think it is. Like if you weren't to give him pizza, chips or, or what else? Um, pizza, chips and toast. Would he starve? Um, yeah, I think he probably would. We have, like, you know, yeah, I, I've never really tried it. It's a shame, really, because it's a very unhealthy diet, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you think it'll always be that way, or did they say, as a, as a son or a daughter uh, grows up? It probably will be, yeah. Yeah. Um, it probably will be to be yeah. honest alright okay yeah. okay so. I won't keep you you got a lot to do get out and enjoy yeah, the yeah, sunshine thanks so much to all your team for your help delighted to be able to help because I, I was I was shocked actually I was shocked that a five year old particularly with autism living with autism would be eight months waiting with chronic yeah. pain in a tooth I just couldn't believe it I'm quite sure yeah, that even though your situation is solved, there are others whose situation is Oh, there isn't. has to be. There has to be many others. There has to be. Okay. So, okay. five days and counting now. Okay, so please come back to me after it's done on I Wednesday, will, will you? I You're will. the greatest. Thank Thanks, you Louise. So much. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Okay, and you can text 0868-104-106. Um, you know, you, you come across scenarios firsthand and you realize then the impact it can have on businesses and yesterday afternoon Tom McCarthy's back from uh, New York visiting family and I met him in uh, Barry's and Douglas for a bit of lunch yesterday afternoon and we're, we were sitting there and you, you may well have heard in the news that um, Barry's has uh, closed for the weekend. They literally closed up yesterday afternoon because a staff member had tested positive for COVID. Uh, so they made the call really quickly. No messing. Made the decision. Peter Collins and his team said it was the right thing to do. Um, because, uh, you know, with, particularly with regards to their staff, uh, never mind their customers, but particularly their staff. So the curtains came down, just uh, shut down on. And, and you know, it's, it's, a, it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, 
they'll bounce back. They're a powerful business back again on Monday. But it's interesting to be in the middle of something as it's happening like that yesterday afternoon. Um, you know, that means that the beer garden closes. And when they reopen next week, of course, that means they'll be reopening indoors and, and outdoors. But one of the lads there, because we were, we were chatting as to, you know, how do you think it's going to play out with regards to how are you going to scan the QR codes? How are you going to scan the digital cert? Um, and they figured that, that they would be, they would be able to use their mobile phone, you know, where they'll be able to scan it with their mobile phone. And it, it seems this morning that that probably will be the way it'll go, that the, the scanner that they use, use will be on the government's website from today. Um, who'd have access to it? I don't know. I imagine not everybody. I, I don't know really. Uh, I imagine it probably would have limits to people within the VFI or, uh, maybe restaurants and, but it would have to be everybody really, wouldn't it? With anyone with a business. Um, and that they would use it to check vaccine passes on entrance to the pubs and restaurants and that it would be loaded up today. And, uh, the last meeting is happening between Falter Ireland and the government uh, officials this morning, um, to come up and to finalize that plan. And then they're going to publish it later on today for the resumption of indoor dining. But as to how the actual scan will work, um, it will probably be on a website. Um, and you will open that website on your mobile phone and use that then to scan and to verify the QR code. Um, even trying to explain it sounds kind of difficult, but I imagine we'll have to see what happens when, when it does get rolled out. Anyway, back to the back to the phone as we go. Ashling, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, you are partially sighted and you were doing a bit of shopping yesterday. Were you in the city? Were you like some Patrick Street? Yeah, it was um, Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, okay. Um, you sent me yeah, the text Wednesday. yesterday. Okay, go ahead, yeah. Yeah. Um, I left home to walk into Patrick Street um, as I needed to get a few groceries. And myself and my guide dog, we went in and I was very aware of the heat and what type of day it was. So I did not wish to be out too long with the dog. And we went into Patrick Street and I wanted to drop into Penny's first to get something. And I was first met by a security guy in the door who told me that um, I could go in, but there was no dogs allowed. But wait a second now, You're, you have a guide dog? Oh, I have a guide dog, yeah. An official um, guide dog? An official guide dog from the Irish Guide Dogs. I got my first guide dog in June 2019. He can't say, surely he can't say that, only guide dogs allowed in. Yeah, so this is what I was met with there. Now, I got that issue sorted How? quickly. How did you get it sorted? I went in and I brought this attention to the manager and I just said that... Um, when you went in to see the manager, where was your, what's your guide dog's name? Oh, Kelly. Where was Kelly? She was with me. I brought her in. I said, excuse me to the gentleman outside. And I said that guide dogs are allowed into premises. And I proceeded to go away in. And I asked to speak to a manager and I just brought it to the manager's attention how that they would need to upskill and uptrain their door staff on um, policies in relation to the guide dogs. So I just said, okay, if that's the worst thing that could happen in my day, that was okay. What did the manager say? She said that she would go out and that she would speak to the gentleman and obviously he didn't know. So I said that in the year 21 that it is not good enough that a door staff member would not be aware that guide dogs are allowed to enter premises and she apologised to me. She should know um, that. She should know that. Yeah, yeah, you would think that um, anybody working at a door now or all shops 
you would think that it would be part of their training that they would get if any disabled person approaches with um, an assistance dog or a guide dog that they're allowed in. So proceeded onto done stores and done my groceries and came out and I was going to get a taxi home and I went over to the taxi rank that's just directly outside Dunn's store. So the Dunn's on Patrick Street, the original Dunn's, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and um, they waited in a taxi, which I presumed there was a vehicle turned up and I presumed it was a taxi because since I was waiting at the taxi rank and I went over and I asked, um, was it okay to get in? And I was told by the driver that he doesn't take animals. And I said, you're aware that legally that you have to take the guide dog. It's a working guide dog. I don't take animals, I was told. And taken back and being the type of person I was, I had to try to think quickly. I asked him for his ID number as I wished to um, complain this matter. And I was told that his ID number or the information or whatever be displayed was all displayed clearly on the dash cam or on the you know the board and the dashboard. But but how does he expect you to read it if you have a guide dog and can't see? I said, um, I can't see that. So with that then, I informed the gentleman, okay, so I'm just going to take a picture of that now because I can't see it. And as I took out my phone to take a picture of um, this, I don't know how he didn't break my foot or roll over the dog's paw. He just basically took off off of Patrick Street and I was just left standing there. He didn't want his picture taken. So I have no way now of knowing... No, wait a second. Now. Did you want to take a picture of him? Or no, did you? Um, I didn't want to take a picture of him. I just wanted to take a picture of the the number. So I was actually going to take a picture of... You were going to try the, and point it in the general direction of the number. Yeah, of the, you know, the roof thing that was on the uh, roof. Oh, yeah. That yeah. has his number because I was aware that the, that the thing on the dashboard would probably have his picture. So, so he, he drove think. off without any fare, clearly without you, Um sped away and you say that he nearly rolled over your foot or nearly hit Kelly because he just did not want a dog in the car. He just didn't want the dog even though um, legally they're supposed to take the dogs. Is that, did that ever um, happen to you before? I When I first got my, the dog in June 2019 I did. I had a lot of negative experiences. I have been asked to put the dog into the boot. Um, the I boot of a taxi? From a taxi driver, yeah. Um, I've been told to sit in the back seat that they'd only take me if I sit in the back seat and I try to explain to the driver that we are when we're trained with the dogs we're trained to sit in the front that you can request for the, the seat in the front to be pushed back as far as possible and I sit in and the dog follows me in and she sits in between my legs and the footwell and she will eventually lie down. Yeah, I, um, I, I mean, I, 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 I just, like, if you want me to jump in there on behalf of taxi drivers, I can half understand why they might have a problem with that. You now have an adult in the passenger seat with a dog between their legs, and that could be deemed as a hazard to a taxi driver, you know. But anyway, at least, you know, at least, yeah, you're, get, at least you're getting in in those cases. I think the back would probably yeah. be better, I would have thought. Yeah, the back, but with the type of dog. Some dogs, you can sit in the back with the dog. It depends on the size of the dog. All right, well, listen, we're not going to split hairs over backseat, frontseat. William Griffin is with Cork Taxi Co-op and a regular contributor to this programme. Will, good morning. Uh, 
Neil Cork Taxi Council. Cork Taxi Council, my man. Sorry about that. Tell tell me this. Is there a law? Is there a law on this guide dogs? Yes. Yes. The lady is quite correct. I'm quite shocked. I haven't heard of it in years. Um, Basically, unless somebody, unless the doctor, we say that he was allergic to dogs or whatever, every word that that lady has just said, correct. The dog goes into the foot while itself, it lies down, and then the passenger delights themselves and just sits down. Never had an issue. They're the most docile dogs that you could meet. So what's your man's problem? Man's does he problem. does he not know that maybe? I would think so, Niall. I would think so. Um, look, we hear of things every weekend. My own daughter had issues last week in Galway with other drivers. And she uses taxis and cock and never has an issue. But look, not all the drivers in Galway, but a few. And the thing is, it was terrible what happened to her. But this lady is quite correct about that the dog, the blind dog, is, is it, it goes in itself. You just open the door. Nice and relaxed, the dog goes in, it sits down, it might lie down. It doesn't matter whether it's a Labrador or a Labradoodle or any of these type of dogs. They're the most docile dogs going. And I worked generally the railway for many, many years. And the thing is, uh, uh, we were all accustomed to the ruling, unless the guy has come into the industry in the last year or two and is, is quite unaware. Um, what is the ruling on all dogs? Is it just guide dogs? No. Just guide dogs. Um, you can refuse dogs. another dog, can you? You can. You can. You can. So there's nothing going to be done about this because she didn't get his number. Did anybody witness it? You didn't hear about this story, did you, Will? No? No, and I was with Bobby yesterday. We took we, we took Bobby out yesterday and uh, with Morris and whatever, you know, we, we take Bobby out. Uh, Bobby, Bobby Lynch, yeah. Maybe once a week. And I, I'll be talking to him later on about it, but I, I'm quite shocked and very disappointed. You know, I was kind of saying, because I did security before I started driving taxis, and I was quite shocked that a major store like Penny's would have somebody on the door, an operative, who who, who actually didn't know the ruling on, on the blind dog. Yeah, so Penny's wouldn't let her in, the taxi driver wouldn't take the guide dog, and in the past she was asked to put the guide dog in the boot. Like, it's yeah, the get... one thing I would say, the one thing I will say, um... She did say that she, she came out and she was unsure. Why was the lady unsure that it was a taxi? Was it just a fly-by night? Don't know. Did he, have, did, he have, did he have a roof sign? You said you... Initially, you did say... Oh, no, when, sure, the, when the car pulled up, I was just thinking that... Um, would it be just maybe somebody dropping off somebody or something when I wasn't fully able to see if it was... Yeah, I, un- yeah I understand. So I just waited a minute to see if somebody would get out of the car and then I just I realised that, oh, this is a taxi, then that stopped. Right. The only thing I would say, as regards experience... The Dunn Stores Taxi Rank has the most experienced taxi drivers in car. It does. It's got oh. Jordan Bracken there. He loves dogs. He'd let a half a dozen dogs into his taxi. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Uh, like you do. I have to say that. So I don't know who I this character is not playing ball. We need to We need to get him to cop the hell on, though, because he's rude. Yeah, I'm, he is. I'm, yeah. I, I'm actually quite shocked because the thing is, generally, if there was other taxi drivers there, you could go to the next one or whatever. And generally we'd say, come here, no. what happened with your man in front? Wait, yeah, and you know what? Or, and you might say, look, he's allergic to dogs or he's afraid of dogs. No, I mean... Yeah, that's totally understandable. Like, if he had just said that to me, I would say, okay, look, thank you for explaining that. And I would have just closed the door or, say, just walked off I and just made it for I another swear taxi. to God, I can't apologise. Sorry for cutting across here. I can't apologise enough, but I can assure you, um, if you use taxis on a regular basis, right? 
which I'm quite sure you do. You know yourself that in general, they're very obliging. Going up the north side, helping people up steps, helping people in with their shopping and whatever. This is one incident which should be stamped out. And I'm glad you highlighted it in one way, but the thing is, I'm quite shocked. Okay, Ashling, if that ever happens again, will you come back to me or have other incidents to report like that, you know, pennies yeah, or, or a taxi driver? The one thing, okay. the one th- the one thing I will say, uh, like, obviously she was turned away from the car, but the thing is, if anybody gets a car and gets a taxi and they had any issues with the driver whatsoever, all they have to do, and they're entitled to it, is to ask for a receipt. Then you can proceed from that because all the information is on the receipt. The journey time, <laughs> the identification of the driver. Yeah, that's if you that's can get into the taxi, yeah. yeah. But in this that's case, what I'm saying. If you, yeah. it, like, my, daughter, my daughter above in Galway, she had issues with a couple of drivers because the journey was too short, you know, and um, then she was refused. And then she was charged, she was charged double. For, for a 10-year affair, she was charged 20. And the following day, she met another driver and he said, you got screwed over last night. And they're a lovely couple, my daughter and a boyfriend. That lovely wouldn't happen couple. in Cork, you're saying? Taxi drivers wouldn't refuse because the journey was too short, no? It's happened. It's happened. I wouldn't say it. Because, but it was just, I haven't heard from it for a while, to be honest. It's kind of you know? justifiable. If somebody jumps into a taxi at Duns and says, bring me to the English market on the Grand Parade, you kind of say, are you serious? I'm queuing here an hour for that. You you will have people that would have said it over the years. I, I'm not talking, you know, you would. you get the odd one. And the thing is, it, it, it's to the detriment of the rest of the industry behind because the thing is, you have to take... Yeah, but you could understand a fella saying, I'm not going to take you from Duns to the Grand Parade. I'm just not. Like, I'm here, to. I'm sitting here an hour. <laughs> I did do, but the thing is, you have to take the person. I have never refused a short on it because you know what? Some people get into the car and I know it. Like, she was there to provide. But if they said, take me from the chateau to the Shelburne on McCurtain Street, would you take that? Very common. I tell you something, Neil. If you walked Patrick Street, you could get anything from Wellington Road, McCurtain Street. People have shopping, you know, people, like it's hot there, people don't want to walk, you know, so... I cut some slack for people with bags of shopping, but... But generally... Somebody with their pins under them, like, that could walk a five-minute walk, and you're you're queuing in a rank, you might make, you know... I do, Neil, but the thing is, they might need to go to the bathroom, and there's not too many toilets open around town, you know, things like that, and they need to get up quickly. Okay, okay. These kind of scenarios come in. I just wanted to say before you conclude, is that... The taxi driver has to take someone, unless the journey is a fairly long journey, like y'all or whatever, and the chap says, he gives an excuse to say, look, I'm taking my son training in order to have the time. All right, well, listen, uh, Ashley. journeys, you by law, you have to. If okay. you were ever refused, just take the roof number and you can make a free phone call to the NTA and he will get he Yes, will get but it. somebody with a guide dog can't do any of those things, so it's important to highlight them. Ashling, uh, yeah. Cork Taxi yeah. Council are apologising, but do come back if anything like that ever yeah. happens again, I all right? I was only thinking there last night, just before we go, I was only thinking last night, even if they should have like maybe a rank, um, one of the ranks maybe in the city centre that are, that you definitely know if you go up to that rank that you won't have any problems at all of the drivers that will be in shouldn't, that particular You shouldn't need that, it's the law. But you, you shouldn't, shouldn't need You shouldn't that. need it. All right, take care, Ashling. Have a good weekend. Will, do you do um, the train station? I did. Okay, I did so um, just on a text on that, I wonder is that the same Willie, the taxi driver, who dropped plants back to my house and left them in, uh, left them in the boot when I got, I left them in the boot when I got a taxi from the railway station. Is that you? No, that's Willie Wise, I'd say. Well, d- well done to Willie Wise. He dropped the plants back to the house 
She left him in the boot and he went all the way back with them. That's the kind of um, niceties yeah, I'm talking wise, about. I, I'd imagine that would be him. All right. Pass That's on thanks to him, will you? Cheers. Take care. Much obliged. All right, Good morning. Will Griffin lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. I was going to squeeze a couple of uh, sunshine songs in as well before we end up going back to a normal, regular, uh, traditional Irish summer. So we'll get those in between now and uh, midday. And Sparkle will be in studio to play us out live. I mean, isn't it amazing? Another live band in studio. So I'm looking forward to that around about a quarter to midday today. Now, it's an Oak Fire Pizza Free Food Friday today. Real Fire Wood Pizza from Douglas, Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street and Gill. Lavy Street, and they've just opened, uh, recently opened the East Village branch as well. So well done there. So we'll have three winners, four large pizzas with two sides for each of you, and then you can have a pizza party, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. So you need to text who you are and where you are, whether you're at work, working from home, whatever the case may be. Text 0868 104 106, and we'll do the first shout outs just after 10 this morning. Also, um, Rocky Stone delivered in copies of Spangle Hill Forever. And we have uh, copies to give away, like I promised we would, just before midday today, following on from a great chat with Rocky about his fabulous book, about the life and times and the characters and the history and the stories from good old Spangle Hill. So the first, but the first print of the book has sold out. But there might be some copies, not many I'd say, at Bill's shop and at McGee's in Farren Um But there there will be more on the way. Um, I imagine because we were chatting about it during the week that it just sold out. So uh, Vibes and Scribes will have it. Um, he says to me, in about 11 days, round about the 3rd or 4th of August, if you're looking for it. But if you want to get a copy of the book and you don't win one, you can get it. It's a paperback. You can get it at amazon.co.uk and you can get it as a Kindle ebook as well. So off you go yourself. You're looking for a Spangle Hill Forever. So that'll be just before midday as well today when I open the phone lines for that. Um, interesting email here. My daughter got a job at a so-called reputable clothes store in Mahan. Uh, she was led to believe that the job would be working there 30 hours plus, 30 plus hours per week. It actually turned out to be two four-hour shifts a week. She's asked her employer to increase her shifts, as she said she's saving for college, but to no avail. Her employer is constantly taken on staff and treats them the very same way. So staff are constantly leaving. I wonder, is the shop in receipt of COVID payment in relation to higher amounts of staff, as they're constantly taking on staff, and the staff leave after two weeks when they can't get decent hours. Don't give out my details. My daughter would be mortified. Well, I haven't heard that one before. Why would you advertise a job to be 30 hours per week and then give two four-hour shifts? I mean, is there some kind of EWSS thing in this? Is there some kind of a pup allowance for the employer to do this, to be constantly taking on staff and giving them the two four-hour shifts? Um it's a kind of a typical example, maybe if 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 it's if it's exploitation. I'm not saying that it is because I, I don't know, but perhaps somebody else out there might be aware of it. Um, what what is happening? I'm told as well, um, and this is a chef up in chef up in Galway is saying that those some people who are very very annoyed about um, the new indoor dining room rules from Monday, where you have to be vaccinated and have proof and present your ID and all that kind of stuff, that they are now making fake bookings at restaurants that they'll never turn up to. You know, that they're ringing restaurants, making bookings for next week or what have you. They are so dead against the whole idea 
of having a digital cert. I can't understand how a vaccination form saying you are vaccinated alone will be accepted when it's widely known that you can still get COVID even fully vaccinated. And that is the reason we're seeing a spike in numbers across Europe. I believe that a current PCR test should even accompany a vaccination form. Otherwise, it'll be an awful lot worse again, says Jerry. Mother of God, I mean, you'd be making it an awful lot more complicated than it already is. Uh, about those COVID certs, I'm a carer. I got fully vaccinated in February and I still haven't received my digital cert. Uh, what about coming back from Spain? I'm fully vaccinated and have my digital pass. Am I okay to come back? It's very confusing. It is very confusing. But the answer to that is you are okay to come back. You won't have to do anything. When you come back, you will have your digital cert. You'll just pass back from Spain into Ireland. My 19-year-old registered with Hickey's Chemist on Baker's Road on the 5th of July when they were taken over 18s. He got a phone call the next day and was vaccinated on the 8th. It was a fantastic service and very professional. So he has his cert and I can't praise the staff enough. But not everybody's praising the helplines. I've been trying to get through to the HSC helpline since Monday. Uh, I've received my digital cert, but my name is wrong. On the cert, they have my middle name as my first name and my first name as my second name. So it doesn't tally with, say, my passport. Every morning I'm on hold from half past eight. It's a joke. They should employ enough people to man the phones. Well, they have now upped the amount of people answering phones to 90. The problem with that is they only answer queries. There may be 90 of them, but they can't actually fix your problem or send you a cert when you actually reach them on a phone. So I think that's unfortunate. I got one of the Janssen shots in Mallow GA complex and I got my cert in the post from review last week on an A4 piece of paper. It's a joke. And there's reams of these, but by and large people complaining about the actual helplines. I rang the number to get my daughter's cert yesterday. After two hours and three minutes of waiting, I was cut off. I'm furious. Such a waste of time, says Leslie. And many, many more like that. Pages and pages of them, but they're all saying the same thing. So I will come back to those as well throughout the course of the morning on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Then, um, the city mayhem that I referred to yesterday. Let me just do these three texts, if you don't mind. <clears throat> Four, actually, because they're all connected. Um, there was a lot of trouble in the city on Saturday night with gangs. It was interracial gangland fighting. Uh, just back, just based on the back of the conversations you had about Saturday night, we were down around the Grand Parade at 11 p.m. Saturday night. It was insane. It was a lawless land. We witnessed the fights on Grand Parade. I've never seen anything like it in my life. We watched a brawl breakout involving at least 20. We watched as one guy got dropped to the ground and kicked viciously into the head. Then the same guy was attacked again and again, getting kicked in the face, and his head was actually stomped on, whilst he lay there helpless, trying to just cover his head. So we rang for the emergency services because of how bad everything was getting. But the craziest part of all is how quickly the mood there changed. Everyone was singing and dancing, everyone enjoying themselves, and a split second, it seemed like everyone just started attacking each other. It was honestly so shocking. It's sad to see the way our city has gone and how little care or respect people have for each other or the places in which we live. So there is another witness account of last Saturday night. Don't know what it's going to be like tonight or indeed tomorrow night. I suppose we'll have to wait and see. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. You're listening to the Emerald Award-winning Music Station of the Year. 
Cork's Red FM. Okay, Free Food Friday. Let's find out who's listening. A&D Hare and Glanmire on board this morning. Baker Finn Recruitment in Middleton. The Republic of Works on the South Mall are listening. Angie's leaving next Friday. They'd love pizza for a farewell lunch. Johnson and Parrot and Matton Point. There's 50 of them. <laughs> I mean, who'd get the pizza there? On Puston Little Island. Pizza for Liam and all of the gang. Who else have I got for you? Safety Safety Tech Fire are listening. Amari Ireland on the Tremor Road are listening. Peter Mark Hairdressing. Clona Dairy Products in Wilton. Slide Glide on the Southside Industrial Estate. Little Hands Childcare in Blackpool. S- SBGI, Cork City and Blackpool. Um, for Marlene and Liam Ogue and all of the staff, Euro Car Parks and Duke Cork Taxi Co-op, Eurostyle, Amazon, particularly those working from home for Amazon, including Sinead Kelly, uh, Hennessy Hair and Beauty on Pembroke Street are listening, everybody at EBO Home Rescue, at the Marina Commercial Park, Tig Hall Motors and Toker, Unique Fit Out, uh, Allied Profiles in Mallow, Tiles Are Us in Blackpool and Doyle Shipping Group in Tivoli. Now, a couple of personalised ones then include uh, maybe some pizza from my husband, Darren. Aaron is working at home and the kids would love the treat as well. D and Cash who got married on Wednesday um, they would love it too. Uh, they'd love pizza today along with uh, the rest of the wedding party who are recovering. Pizza to recover. Uh, what else do I have? Everybody in Winthrop Street, all of the hardworking staff all along Winthrop Street. Um, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? A pizza party on Winthrop Street. Um, who else have I got then? Just a couple of personalised ones. The Ellie in McCroom helping her dad, um, helping her dad with the car. Um, apparently they're having a lot of trouble with the car these days. Jaron, the team in the radiology department in the Matter Prider, Matter Private. And we have our th- little girl's third birthday party tomorrow. We'd love pizza to feed. So that's just a couple of the personalised ones. I'll do some more shout-outs in about a half an hour's time. So for you guys, text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. Three related texts then to what happened last Saturday night in the city. And I read out another witness statement or a witness text just before 10. So three of them here. Just so you're aware, a paramedic crew were attacked in the city on Wednesday night into Thursday morning. It happened at 4 a.m. This is just the Wednesday into Thursday, just gone. It happened at 4 a.m. in the morning. A man tried to steal the ambulance with a paramedic and a patient in the back of it. The paramedic driver restrained the man. And he was later arrested after the guardie were alerted to the incident. I mean, God almighty, what's going on? And another one, this is a response from the guardie on that one. Guardie were called to Pope's Key at half past four in the morning, Thursday the 22nd, following reports of an attempted unauthorized taking of an ambulance. A man in his 40s was arrested at the scene by the guardie. He was taken to Watercourse Road Garda Station. He's been charged and brought before a sitting of Cork District Court in connection with the case. No one was injured and the matter is before the courts and we cannot provide further details at this time. Well, that's as much as we need to know. And thank you to Garda Press for that. Somebody trying to nick an ambulance with a paramedic and a patient in the back of it. Um, the National Ambulance Service then confirmed um, that an incident occurred in Cork. But they can't comment further because an investigation is going on. Um, so they said that they will not tolerate any, and they want to remind people, that they will not teller, tolerate any kind of issues involving their service personnel of any nature. Because when they're responding to emergency call-outs, their staff are providing medical assistance to members of the public in a time of need in life-threatening situations. Uh, we wish our colleagues a full and speedy recovery following this incident. So that's the incident that happened. 
um, the Garda response and the National Ambulance response. And that that's just from Wednesday night into Thursday morning. And before 10, I was telling you about the carry-on on Saturday night. So that's where we're at. And, and then, <coughs> a lot then on COVID certs and what have you. And what's happening on, say, for instance, uh, Monday. Just an email and a text on that. I'm emailing you today because I cannot believe it has been passed into law that we are going to use vaccine passports to discriminate against people. You may think from reading this email that I'm anti-vax or that I don't even want to get vaccinated for that matter. But both could not be further from the truth. I unfortunately, due to medical reasons, can't get vaccinated. My GP recommended that I don't get the vaccine as I have serious allergies. I am, in fact, at more risk if I get the vaccine. Here lies my problem. Why am I being discriminated against? I am otherwise young and healthy, and I've been told this whole time that my age group are low risk from COVID. We were were told to stay at home to protect older generations and the vulnerable, all of which I have done. I've worked right through this entire pandemic, and now I'm being told I cannot enter a pub or a restaurant with friends and family. I'm extremely disappointed with how our government has handled this. And one fast one before I speak to Mary Lou MacDonald. Um, massive fan, very patiently waiting for you to finally, at some stage, call out our government on the lies and deceit they have muttered since the start of the pandemic. It's like our ministers are playing a game of who can tell the biggest and most ridiculous lie and get away with it. They're just laughing at us, turning people on each other, introducing a two-tier society, dividing families and friends, encouraging the curtain twitchers to snake and snitch to make their existence validated. As a man who voted Fianna Gael all my life, I'd rather eat glass than see them, Fianna Fáil or the Greens, in power ever again. They have lost the run of themselves, along with the power-tripping Neffet, who all seem to now, in the year 2021, encourage this discrimination and segregation after years of being the PC brigade. Change is needed and change is needed fast. Loyal listeners stuck in work on this glorious morning. Let that be, incidentally, an introduction, if you like, to leader of uh, Sinn Féin, leader of the opposition, Mary Lou MacDonald. She joins me by phone. Mary Lou, good morning. Good morning, Neil. That's a fairly heavy-hitting text, if you ever heard one. It's kind of music to your ears, if you like, in one sense, isn't it? Well, it's heavy hitting, all right, but it's, I, I don't think it should be music to anyone's um, ears. I mean, there's a lot of anger, um, and I, I hear a lot of distress behind those words from uh, people who have, as they say, played ball throughout this, uh, this whole emergency, who have done their best, uh, stayed home, tried to keep themselves and, by extension, other people safe, and now we find ourselves in a situation where measures that are discriminatory, that are unequal and unfair, measures that many, many people regard as unenforceable in any event, measures that are still uh, confused and confusing have have been uh, pushed through the doll uh, by the government. And I think that's a very great pity because it, it's my view that... Uh, where you are fair with people and clear with people and when you're on the level with people and when people see that something's for the greater good and that it's being done in an organised way. My experience, Neil, is that people will play ball, that people will cooperate and have. Um, and so when, when these measures uh, came before the doll, your listeners should know, uh, there was some debate that they had initially allowed for very little debate. We managed to get some debate. 
um, and all of the points and voted against it then yeah. where, where, and of course we voted against it but yeah. we also had so when you voted against it you must have yeah. you must have an alternative proposal to getting exactly. the economy open again um, and, and actually it's not unenforceable it's a QR code that will be scanned on the door it couldn't be simpler well, I've been talking to, I've been out and about a bit now, again, Neil, now that we can get out and meet people up and down the country and, and talk to people. And I have spoken to many uh, restaurateurs and publicans who uh, have told me that they regard it as unenforceable and who tell me that, uh, as a matter of fact, many of them might just stick with the outdoor option because it means that all of your patrons and clients can avail of your service. You're not putting your staff into potentially upsetting, divisive uh, situations at their place of work. And lots of them asked the question that we asked, which is this. If it is the thing that younger people, because let's call this out, this, this discrimination is against the younger cohort. If younger people can be at work, waiting tables, working in kitchens, bringing others their drinks and their food and so on, um, during working hours, how is it then logical that they suddenly become such a pariah and such a danger that they can't enter the the premises other than that? And we did have an alternative. And the alternative was not to make distinctions or pry, to be frank, into people's health status or vaccination status, but rather to, to have a working rule that it's your COVID status and establishing that you're COVID-free, which I think is reasonable uh, in terms of entering premises, and therefore you use PCR t- uh, testing, you use antigen testing. And the point was also made in that debate that there has to be a, an ongoing and a big emphasis on ventilation standards. Yeah, and there will be, and, and so there'll on. be more ventilation yeah. and more CO2 um, emissions monitors. But if you were doing PCR as an option and antigens, that's even more confusing. There's even more work involved in that, isn't there? No, but, but you're it's saying it's no. fairer. It's, it, it is absolutely fairer because uh, you, you, can, you can get a test. Um, and I mean, I know I'm talking to younger people around my own neighbourhood and some of them are getting away to, to Cork or Galway or they're, they're out and getting away for a couple of days with their, with their mates. And uh, lots of them get get their test in advance of 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 going away and they're taking a test on uh, when they return and bear in mind that's the standard for international travel your vaccination status or uh, tests to establish your covid status so if it's good enough for travel how on earth and why on earth would it not be good enough for hospitality and the big difficulty here is that uh, because look let me say it it's been difficult for everybody. This is not a situation that anybody wants. And let me say also, it's a difficult time for whoever would be in government. I know that and I accept it. Mm -hmm. But I don't accept that you introduce measures that are A, divisive, and B, at at such last minute uh, uh, timing uh, and with such levels of confusion. I mean, we we read that uh, at the cabinet meeting even though the law has been passed and all of this is about to, you know, kick in uh, on Monday, we heard that there was still conflict between the minister and the attorney general um, on points of regulation. And a lot uh, of that only had to do with the a- with age, wasn't it? Something to do yes. with whether it was an 18-year-old yeah, or a 12-year-old. I mean, that's it, you're going to have those debates, though, you know. But, but like uh, of course you will. But, like, but Neil, of course, of course you will. But look, listen to me. 
when you are in charge and running government in a pandemic and when you are introducing uh, measures that are extraordinary and that's what's been Okay, so I'm I'm happy to, I'm happier now because you have you're to saying have your okay. Work done you'd have so point. you would have you would have no or would you also have the QR code and you'd accept the QR code or you would accept a negative COVID test and you would allow anyone in then if they could prove either a negative test or had yes, a proof of vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. and by the way... You see, Michal Martin, would, Michal Martin has said and would say in the past that I think he used the word sloganeering, that you, 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 you'd, you'd object to anything for the sake of objecting, courting popularity, whether it's COVID, whether it's exploiting the housing yeah, problems... Anything that you can throw a spanner in the works, you will do just for the sake of it, for popularity. Well, look, he, he, the Taoiseach might say that, but I, I, I think people can see that that's a kind of a, a defensive um, strategy by him, you know, to attack the opposition rather than take account and be accountable for uh, his actions and his government's actions or, or lack of them. And this isn't sloganeering. I mean, our spokespersons in health, in, in transport, and people beyond politics, by the way, have been saying... And who'd pay, for, who'd pay for all of those PCR tests? But, it, but, but people beyond politics <clears throat> have been saying to uh, the government around the use of antigen testing... For yeah, but who'd pay for them, say, next week if you were in power? Them. Who'd pay for them <clears throat> to allow people into places? Well, currently, the uh, the state pays for tests. I mean, currently, you can access the test. So, so I mean, that's not... Could you imagine issue. the chaos that, that would cause? Been, no, it wouldn't. It but wouldn't it, it, it would. They put in... I mean, look at the chaos over the helplines. But uh, look, chaos reigns when there is disorganisation within the decision-making procedure. Neil, we're intelligent people. We're grown-up people. I mean, people have to take care and test uh, themselves, look after their health. For example, we're living through a very hot spell now. People have to make sure they're hydrated, that they have sunscreen on, that they have their hat on, and all of that. We're not, we're not stupid people. People are intelligent. People, if, if a rule uh, and if a measure is necessary and is explained in a clear and a fair fashion, people have the cop on and the good intelligence to understand the reason for it, and to abide by. So That's if you're a young person that played ball, people. never got COVID, minded yourself so you were minding everybody else, you are now yeah. being penalised from Monday for doing all of the right things. Exactly, and that's okay. wrong, and that's okay. completed. But that's my okay. point, that's completely right. And those same intelligent, thoughtful, young people and older people would, be, would well understand the reopening of hospitality and saying, of course, because this virus is still out there and this Delta variant is hugely transmissible. Of course, there have to be checks and balances around the virus itself and whether or not you're, you're carrying the virus. Of course, we're all smart enough to know that. But the vaccination piece is is a, a different thing. And I, I also think beyond, beyond this point in time, I, I don't like the precedent being set that a person's health status um, it, it defines whether or not you get access to a premises. So will you a, and will Shin, will will name. you and will Sinn Fein TDs and councillors around the country? What is your take on it? I am assuming you have personally your own QR code now. Um, well, I, I presume so. Um, no, I mean, did you get a digital search? You're going to know that. I have a digit. Yeah, I got I got one through the email. Okay. Yeah. Will you will you one. use that now to access a restaurant or a, a pub next week? 
Um, I think it's un- I think it's unlikely that I will. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm not saying that you. No, know. I'm saying on a matter of principle. Will you? If it's if it's so divisive, will you actually go in yourself? Well, I, 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 in, in all likelihood, I won't. But, but I, I also have to say, I understand that lots of people will. And I understand that businesses are reopening <clears throat> and they've been through a terrible time. And I completely understand that businesses, whatever rules or regulations the government comes forward with, businesses will adhere to them. Because I'm not, they not but in Naskin, I said, if, if you're so against it and had a better plan, does that mean that you will not... Use the but, QR code yourself. You will not go to a pub. You will not sit well, indoors I, I, in a restaurant. I, I'm not. I'm not going down that road with you, Neil, for the simple reason that I am acutely aware of those businesses and jobs that have been in danger and imperiled, and they, they need to reopen their doors. So I'm not getting on board with any sense of a, a boycott if that. If that's inadvertently... No, I was asking a a personal stand as the leader of the opposition saying, I will not use this code, I will not go into anything that discriminates against Irish citizens. It's it's up to each individual to make their own call, but I I am not. I'm I'm the leader of the opposition, I'm a public figure, and I'm not going to say things um, that cause uh, a jeopardy or damage to businesses and jobs that have been shut now for months and months on end and people who need to get back to work and I don't think I don't think that would be a fair thing to do okay. the government need- is in charge they are in office they have made their decision we uh, used as political leaders uh, all of the uh, options and levers available to us to push back on that um, it's, it's a matter of controversy I don't think it's going to go away um, I'll tell you what isn't going to go away anytime soon. The 30 billion euro debt from COVID and the news yeah. this morning from the, from the Echo that says 69,000 people, 69,000 people are waiting on outpatient consultations in Cork hospitals. 8,000 of them are children. Yeah. Good God. I mean, yeah. that's, that's beyond alarming. It is. And in fact, there are hundreds of thousands of people. I think over 800,000 people across the state on waiting lists. And uh, a good proportion of those are children. It is absolutely shocking. In fact, my colleague, David Cullinan, who's our health spokesperson, he's elected, as you know, in Waterford, launched um, the other day a plan, a proposal to uh, build capacity and resources and to get uh, to get uh, to grips with those waiting lists quickly. One mother on the air yesterday, and we resolved it through the HSC press office, yeah. thankfully. It was a five-year-old child living with autism who was told with a rotten tooth, the child is non-verbal, so is pointing at the tooth in the back of his head all of the time, was told by uh, the CUH that it was six to eight months before he could get the tooth out. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no colour in that. That's absolutely... Disgraceful, and a, a tooth extraction is uh, hardly, you know, advanced, complicated medical procedure. It's it's a straightforward and a, a routine matter. Uh, I I would would have thought. So, will you be inheriting uh, those figures? Then you think this the uh, eight hundred thousand on the waiting list, the thirty billion COVID debt, the um, I don't know if you've seen the recent photographs of people queuing and queuing and queuing for house yep. shares and house rentals right across the country. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's right. That's that. That is where it's at, and those are the big challenges that we need to get to get to grips with. And can I can I just say 
there are answers and solutions to all of these problems. They're not, you know, the, these aren't divine interventions. These are problems that have um, that were with us before COVID. COVID has made things more difficult. Um, but in terms of housing, in terms of proper resourcing and functioning of the health service, you know, we, we talked about all of these issues, if you remember, during the last general election. Yeah, and when I have a clear picture um, as to where the government are at, it's 12 billion a year to build 33,000 houses a year between now and 2025. Um, I know there seems to be some confusion about that this morning, but isn't that the, isn't that the, isn't that the, that's their plan, right? Well, they, they were supposed to launch the plan. Um, I, I understood that it was to be launched yesterday, but it has been put back to September. Um, I think in all of the areas, and and certainly that five-year-old child, and can I just commend you and uh, Red FM for intervening in that manner. Um, uh, It's a shame that that it comes to that, but anyway, it it It's insane. It's absolutely shameful that it comes to that. But outside of the the immediacy of of waiting lists and people waiting for procedures, it, it is perhaps in the area of housing, where uh, this government has been most disappointing. And I have to tell you, Neil, uh, as somebody who is watching this at close quarters, it's almost like we have a ringside seat uh, to a government making all of the same mistakes all over again with their eyes wide open. Um, So what needs to happen, because I think it's more constructive if I set out what needs to happen now, is we need immediate action in terms of rents. The rents are crucifying people. They're far too high. We want a tax credit that would give every renter back um, a month's rental back into their pocket. And we want a rent Every year, is it? A month's, year, a month's free rent a year, is it? Yes. And we want a rent freeze for three years. Now, the government say there's a constitutional issue with that. We don't accept that. Our advice and the opinion of many eminent people is to the contrary that it's timelined and that it can happen. Something needs to happen and quickly as regards rental. They failed to put proper manners on the international investment funds in Cork, in Dublin and beyond. These funds can still come in and snatch up uh, apartment blocks, rent them out at eye-wateringly high rents and they're not paying uh, any tax on their rental income. Furthermore, uh, you'll remember that the government have given another uh, tax incentive to these funds to buy houses uh, with the proviso that they then lease them back to the local authorities for 25 years. Yeah, but, and it's insane, yeah. insane stuff. That All of that needs to stop. And then we need to use public land to build public housing. And let me just be clear, Neil, when I say that, yes, I mean social housing because the lists are long and that's the case in Cork. It's the same throughout the state but I'm also talking about affordable housing houses that you know working people young couples um, on, on just you know modest and, and average incomes that they that they can buy and uh, cost rental all of those things need to happen and look we have argued the best with the government on this till we're nearly blue in the face Owen O'Brien um, week in, week out, our team week in, week out on this issue we're challenging government so far they're not for turning so as we, as we stand right now, are Cuckoo Funds and Vulture Funds still competing with people who are yes. trying to buy their own yes. first home? That yes, has not changed. The, because we've heard changed. of them buying housing estates, for instance. Yes. So there is, a, there is some limitation on them coming up and buying up uh, entire housing estates. 
but but the government said that they would sort this matter out. Do you remember there was an outcry when when that scenario in Maynooth um, emerged, yeah. and young couples were scratching their heads saying that was the bulk no purchasing chance. of an entire housing exactly. estate. Exactly. So they have modified that somewhat, but but it, we we need to be clear what they haven't done. Apartments um, are still fair game, and uh, I I don't have the figures for Cork. Uh, but certainly here in Dublin, so much of the new builds are apartments and not just in the city centre and some of the suburbs as well. And they are still fair game for these funds. So if you are a young person um, or a not so young person, but you're looking to put a roof over your head and your budget or your lifestyle or your family um, situation is such that you want um, apartment living, well, yes, you are in direct competition with these guys. And by the way, you might find yourself in a position where you can't purchase one of these apartments, but you will be able to rent it from one of these funds. Mm. And my God, your pocket will hurt okay. uh, if you're if you're a tenant for one of but, these. But you'll so, you'll you'll be you'll be hurling from the opposition for another while yet. We're I think we're probably close enough to halfway through this government. It's bound to go the course, though. That's frustrating, I guess. Well, well, we don't know that. I mean, for 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 some time. It, it has been the case that because of the public health emergency, you couldn't really countenance an election, you know, because, I mean, who's good? Health and people's lives and welfare has to come first. So that's, that's fair enough. But we now are, uh, people are getting vaccinated. Um, there's, very, there's very low levels of vaccine hesitancy across the state. Um, and we, we will eventually move from this pandemic as it's called to being endemic in, in other words we'll have uh, we, we'll have caught up with this if I can use that term and I, I have great faith in in medicine and science um, to keep ahead of things and to and to keep us safe and of course that that's a that's a game changer whenever the election is Neil we need a new government I mean that's that's as plain as as day. So I look forward to the opportunity where we will come and in all humility, but no sense of entitlement. Yeah, but they got a lot right. They got yeah. the EWSS scheme right where they helped businesses. They got the pub payment right where they helped those who literally had no money and no job. I mean, they have to be commended for that. Ultimately, yeah, that'll have to be listen, paid back. Yeah, and listen, and let me commend all of those actions because those supports were absolutely necessary. And let me just remind you, Neil, that where they did things like that that were clearly constructive and in the common good, they got the support uh, of the opposition. Where they tried to w- row back on those things or cut them or, or go halfways, they got challenged by the opposition. That's our job. Our job is to, yes, bring forward our own proposals, to be on the front foot, to set out our ideas. But another key task for any opposition is to hold the government to account. You're in there on behalf of the people um, to ask the questions, to put in the tackles, to put in the challenges, because mm. that's how you try to keep the government right. That's how you try to challenge and change bad policy. He doesn't see it that way, though. He, he doesn't see it people. that way at all. He, he just says uh, he just says that you're on a, some kind of a... I think you said that then that he's in a cosy little bubble and he says, oh, it's the same old Sinn Féin, courting popularity, ruthlessly exploiting COVID, ruthlessly exploiting the housing problem. For popularity and votes, so I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, look, that's that's well. P- people can assess that for themselves. Can I can I tell you that uh, I would not be doing my job and I wouldn't be true to myself if you were sitting on your hands, yeah, yeah. If I didn't express my outrage at the fact that in this year, in in a prosperous 
modern economy in the year 2021, our people cannot be housed. We are failing and this government is failing our people. And I make no apology. I have no apology to make for being outraged at that and for challenging Micheál Martin, who is currently the Taoiseach, and his government for that failure. Okay, Mary Lou, thanks as always. Uh, nice to catch up. Mary Lou MacDonald, leader of the opposition, leader of, of Sinn Féin. Lines open on one 850 on that. If you have thoughts, uh, pick up the phone on one 850 Mary Lou won't answer. How would they enforce or pay for tests? She avoids the details on that one. She said... Uh, that everybody could get the antigen or the PCR test through the HSE. My point on that would be chaos, I would have thought. Mary Lou wants people to have a PCR test if they want to go for a pint. Is that serious? Um, Yeah, because then she says that it would be equal and fair to all. We would not have a segregated society, those that are carrying a pass and those that are not. Sinn Féin are a classic example of running with the hare and hunting with the hound. They're the poor man's Fianna Fáil. Um, (laughs) I mean, okay, if you if you wanted to look at Fianna Fáil these days, you'd be asking the question, well, what exactly is Fianna Fáil anymore now? Um, uh, Sinn Féin have done nothing to stand up for the rights of the most vulnerable in society, but it was uh, the nor- if it was north of the border, they'd be all over it. And one more, Mary Lou doing nothing more than chasing votes again. If we have a testing system, which she said should be put in place, it's the taxpayer would end up paying for it again. Sinn Féin are not for the working class. They would bankrupt this country. Well, I think there's ultimately going to be a price to be paid. I don't know whether there's going to be issues regarding taxation to pay back this 30 billion. I don't know whether there'll be debt forgiveness internationally for it. But one thing that I'm hearing recently is that your property tax valuations are going to be looked at again by the end of the year because apparently the valuations on property for local property taxes are completely inaccurate, they're saying now. So there could be more to be paid there by the end of the year. So watch this space. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, please, Neil, if you get an opportunity, give a big shout out to Ger Griffin in Irish Roll Irish Roll Forming. It's his birthday today. He's a big fan of the show. It's his 50th. So happy birthday. Um, can I, yeah, I just want to, I'll take a call here. Absolutely no problem in the wild earthly world. But I just want to do a couple of things uh, musically because today... Today is the 10th anniversary of the death of Amy Winehouse. More on that in a minute. So just let me talk to, to Jim Daly, head of that. Jim, good morning. How are you? I'm good, my man. What's it like in your beautiful, I suppose? Oh, sure, look, I tell you, people are leaving the country for the, for the weather. They were looking for and we have it here in New York. I know, but people. listen, make the most of it. It'll change next week. You want to talk about the publicans, is it? I do indeed. I do indeed. And I, t- I tell you, the suffering this, this trade is going, going through is unimaginable. Like, I'm a Republican this morning, and I, I was looking forward to meeting him to ne- next week. I was looking forward to meeting him. No, I have my vaccines got nailed, but I haven't got my shot got. Right? All right. No. Why is that? Are you calling the helplines, the 1-800s? Listen to me. <laughs> it, was only, it was only the day before yesterday you were on about people waiting for four and a half hours. True enough, on, yeah. On, on You're the, not going to have any part of that, yeah. So yes. I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to be doing the fool waiting for that, that quote to answer me at all. But anyway, like, the, the public in, like, he, 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 uh, uh, distressed, it was unreal just to look at the man's face. First of all, he must police the door. He must police the door and stop loyal customers coming into him that he didn't know are vaccinated or not, not vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then he, the, more, the earliest he's going to be, know about the reopening, they know, he, know, he, he knows he's reopening, 
but he don't know what he must do. Well, he just, it's not a case that he has to look at their QR code or their cert. He actually has to scan it to make sure yes. it's there. So I don't know how that will yes. work. Like, what if I borrow your phone, for instance? Um, like, there's no photograph on this. So how's that going to work? How are they going to prove that it's not me? Like, he, that, that, that's, that, that's one issue. That's one issue. But he, he, once you get inside the door, there's a lot of more issues. Like, the tables must be, I don't know how, two metres apart to one metre, I'm not sure. He doesn't even know. Like, he doesn't uh, well, like, know how he many... Should, he should know, like, I mean, it's his business. Well, just, come here, listen to me, the, the, you're, you're talking to the Vintners Association, and you're talking to the Restaurants Association, and they're telling you the very same I'm telling you. Like, he doesn't know how many staff that he'll require Monday morning, and he, he, he won't know, to, the earliest he's going to know is Sunday. So, what about these people on the foot payment? He's... He's going to have, groups will be limited to six people at tables, right? The tables will be, there'll be vaccinated punters with certs and all that business, so they'll be one metre apart. How do you know know whether they're vaccinated or not? Because because you've checked them on the way in. He puts a staff member on the door to do that work. That's not not open one and kneel yet. He doesn't know, oh, he doesn't know anything about the app or the scanning of the app. No, sure didn't. Do, do you know a publican that has received the app? No, uh, no, no. But I, later today, all will be revealed. That's what they're saying. Should they, 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 what else does he want to know? There'll be no time limits at long, how long people can sit at his table. But they all have to be out by half past 11. They need to pour them, put a mask on if they go to the loo. And if they want to go out for a fag, they have to get a stamp on their arm. That's kind of scary. And that's it, like. like that's it. That's it. You can't sit at the bar and it's table service only. A lot of the stuff we had before. But in the pubs now, you don't have to have the nine euro meal. Like, what else does he want to know? You think, you, you think that he's grandson? You think all that comes into play when he opens his door? It's me, boy. It was so easy as, as you're saying. Why are they complaining? Like, they, I didn't, say, I didn't say, well, I'm not necessarily saying it's easy, but I'm telling you, if he doesn't know, they're the things he should know. Right? How how you go? How how are you going to tell a, 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 a staff member, right, who's not who, who's not vaccinated, who, who's not vaccinated, who's under pressure to sell? There might there might be five or six tables going at the same time. Who's under pressure to sell people? Bring it down to the t- table, and then someone the the, the the customers gets up. He must put on, He must tell that customer put on a mask to go to the toilet. Neil, the trouble this is going to well, cause... Well, that's, that's a good point, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, the, the trouble, like, we're, we're coming to a police state. You read out a text before you came on the phone to me. You said this country is be bankrupt. The country is bankrupt. And this so, and so what, would, what do you think should happen on Monday? And what does your publican or the publicans in y'all think should happen? Should the door... Well, I, can't, I can't speak for the publicans in y'all. I can only speak for this man who's distressed about us. And but does he not want to open at all, like... Is he looking forward to it? And I was going to come to that. Uh, you know, he didn't say yes and he didn't say no, but I, I could, I read by his face that there's a, there's a multitude of problems once, it, once that front door open. And, and like, like, you know, you know what will you know happen a lot of places around, particularly in rural Ireland? They'll, they won't ask people at all. They, they're not going to ask their loyal customers to pr- prove anything. They'll just let them in. Like, you, you had me they're in, they're in pubs already. I've seen them inside in pubs already. They're indoors in pubs in you, West you, Cork. You had me really one the other morning, right? I'm not affiliated to any party. I don't give a damn about politics. But I'll say one thing. I'll say one thing. By Jesus, she can't be any worse than the coldest in there. Yeah, but every political party comes with a warning, you know. 
Well, it's just, Always remember it. Camille, okay, can, could you ask me one, answer me one thing? And, and I, I'm not being funny. Have they got the app up, up and running in the doll bear? <laughs> don't know. What to, I mean, the, the doll bear would be the same as us, you know? Yes, but it, is it? Is it? They want the same for they want the same for us when they was eating inside a hotel at a golf hotel. They're not the same for us all. Either. I just think that Fianna Fáil will want to be careful that Sinn Féin don't become now what Fianna Fáil used to be. I remember asking when Michal Martin was made leader of the country and was made Taoiseach. I was quite bothered by a question I asked him. I said to him, "You know, will this be good to have a Cork Taoiseach? Um, will this be yes, good me. for Cork?" And he said to me on the air, he said, "I'm not a Taoiseach for Cork." I'm going to be a Taoiseach for all Ireland. And I kind of said, wow, not necessarily what I want to hear. Camille, we'll, please God, we'll have, be having this conversation in a few years' time. Do you know what Michal and Martin will be in a couple of years' time, Neil? He'll be over in buses with a big job and a lovely pension. The same as a fellow brought in a water charger, Phil Hogan, and, and shagged off over to, to buses until, until he came back here to play golf and then he, he was shagged out of the job. Well, I'm not so sure about that. I, I think that all, all of that happened, but Phil Hogan was damn good at his job in Brussels. He was a serious heavy hitter and he was front and centre for Ireland. He may have gone to Golfgate and, you know, all sorts of other stuff like that, but didn't take from his ability. I'm not so sure that the fishermen or the farmers would have got such a raw deal with Brexit and stuff like that, particularly the fishermen. But anyway, that's a different topic for another day. All right, so are you, are you, are you going to visit a local hostelry on Monday? I, I won't be there on Monday because I, 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 I'm quite, quite busy. Uh, 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 well, you can't anyway because you don't have your cert. I, well, I, I asked the public in the question. I have my card, you know, with the second vaccine, two vaccines on us. I said, will you accept that in the door? And he said, I'm sorry, Jimmy. He said, I can't. No, there's accept, I, they'll accept it if you want to fly to Spain, but they won't accept it if you're going into a pub. <laughs> there, there you go. All right, okay. That's the country where we're now. All right, thanks, Jim, as always. God have bless. a great weekend. Actually, talking about trying to run a business, somebody sent me a video, two videos yesterday. One was the interior of a Chinese, one was the exterior. And if you watch it, somebody across the road on Chandler Street was filming. Um, the incident as it happened and all of a sudden you see a staff member running out of the Chinese after a rat. The rat runs out first, the staff member runs out after because the staff member is chasing the rat out with a brush. You would think looking at that that the rat was in the Chinese. It wasn't the case and of course it's very unfair on the new jumbo Chinese takeaway on Shandon on Shandon Street that people might think that Uh, and they felt We need to clarify this. So with regarding to the rat that ran out of the Chinese on Shandon Street, um, here's what happened. And this is from the new jumbo Chinese takeaway on Shandon Street. Regarding the rat incident today, please look at the video of the rat coming in from the outside. Just to let everyone know what really happened earlier. The front door was open to let some air in and the rat ran down Shandon Street and ran in our front door. The rat didn't get into the kitchen. It only got as far as the front counter, for those who know jumbos. The owner got it out with the brush, and someone then across the road recorded it and put it up on Facebook for likes and shares, which could ruin someone's livelihood and business in minutes. Jumbos is a very clean Chinese, has been for 25 years. Don't let a one-minute video ruin the reputation of a well-known Chinese. 
There's the video of the rat going in the front door for you to see if you wish on CCTV. Also, the, the video has since been removed as it's not a true reflection of what really happened. Please, people, be aware of this. And that's the reason I'm reading it out, because you wouldn't want a business damaged like that. The rat ran down Shandon Street and in the open door. It wasn't in there being chased out in the first place. It was chased back out. That's kind of important, don't you think? Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. Uh, I think the world was, I know the world was a very different place uh, 10 years ago. You know, uh, what happened to Amy Winehouse, certainly with regards to, say, the paparazzi and the red tops and the tabloids and the mocking headlines, would not be tolerated now in any way, shape or form. But it was uh, 10 years ago today that it was announced that she finally had died um, of alcohol poisoning. She was unwell for some time. And of course, her career was incredible. It really, it was, she's, she's, her talent was just in a different league, I believe. And of course, uh, her gigs were awesome. And then as she struggled and continued to struggle, tours were cancelled and gigs were cancelled and Gigs would end abruptly because she was not in a fit state to continue. Um, she did a blinding gig, an absolutely stunning concert down in Dingle um, uh, years back. And many people remember that. But of course, it's 10 years ago today um, that she passed away. And I thought that we'd just take an opportunity to play a tune. Um, I've just chosen this personally myself because there are so many to pick. But for me, this this is Amy Winehouse. <laughs> who passed away 10 years ago today. She was so young. She was only 27 years old. And, uh, you know, I know that there's the Amy Winehouse documentary at the moment where the family really want to show their side of the story and their interpretation of her life and their love for her. So the documentary uh, is also to coincide with the 10th anniversary of her death. Um, But there is a gig on um, BBC4 tonight, I think, uh, the BBC4 TV channel, the Arena show at half past ten. And it is her other voices gig. When you say the other voices gig, you're saying to me, it's the gig from Dingle, is it? Yeah, so that would be well worth watching. Thanks, Seamus, for reminding me of that. So that gig they refer to in Dingle, that's on BBC4 television tonight at half past ten. You know, the other voices gig with the great Philip King, another ledge in my book. Back after 11. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best and newest names in Irish music. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Right, a lot of other things happening on Monday besides the weather changing, and that is when um, pubs and restaurants will open for indoor hospitality and what have you, and the QR code will be used. But there's, you know, I'm talking to a chap there saying that there's a lot of confusion regarding, you know, what's to be expected and what kind of a system there'll be in place. And there will be announcement and publication of all of that this afternoon. But a quick call, I won't keep him long because now he's very busy. Quick call to uh, Michael O'Donovan at the Castle Inn, chair of the Cork City and County Vintners. And he was attempting to just clarify by text to me earlier on. So he said to come in and come on instead. So Michael, what morning to you. Um, what's, your, what's your understanding of how things will work say Monday afternoon or the lead up to say lunchtime service kind of thing yeah 
Yeah, so when somebody will come to a do- our door, Neil, they'll have their COVID pass or they'll have their digital version on their phone. Um, we'll have two choices. We'll either be able to do a visual inspection of it, so look at the pass. Uh, we'll take the contact details of that person or if it's a lead, if, it, if they're the lead party of a group, we need the, the lead party, the lead person's name, telephone number, contact details to record it. And in a box, that we'll have on the sheet that we'll record that if there's two in the group or four in the group or six in the group we can do a visual inspection of the six passes and put six ticks, ticks in the box and let them uh, what box? into the bar what box if, if, on, on our sheet that we'll have the designed on the spreadsheet so they'll be able to put six ticks if there's six in the group two ticks if there's two in the group and we'll have seen their digital search be that paper based or be that on a smartphone whatever they have So um, how do you know the person presenting that QR code or that paper cert actually owns it? This is where personal responsibility comes in. It's not our job, Neil, to, to be asking people for ID. This is part of the legislation. People have to take personal responsibility of this. If they come and present forged documents to us and we see the document, it's then they will answer to the HSE, the HSA or the Gardaí if they... Oh my God, so we're back to the days of can I borrow your ID? Look, it's not where we want to be, Neil. We never wanted to be in this position, but it's not our job to ask a person for ID. Um, Our job is to ask them for proof of a vaccination pass, ask them for... Anybody's vaccination pass. Well, look, Neil, this is where people have to take personal responsibility, as I said, because... I know. No, I'm not... I'm not... I don't mean to come across to be giving you grief. I'm just astonished. But where are we at with 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 the app that would scan it then for proof? Yeah, look, the, the app is being developed where we were told uh, last night that they will uh, need to do updates on it. They will hope to have it ready this afternoon, Neil. But the one big problem with the app, Neil, is like I live up here by Cork Airport. Like my broadband is, is, is really poor. And like talking to colleagues all over Cork, you know, especially in North Cork, like their broadband, if they have to do a real time check on somebody's uh, QR code with their with the, with the app, you know, it, it could just take a long time. So, like, that's why we've always asked to have two options, one for uh, a paper-based option and the other being the app. If you have a strong enough broadband uh, that can support the app and do it in real time, then, you know, you have the option of doing that and that will have a check. So if the person that's uh, downlisted as having that uh, that QR code, it will come up that it should be them. So, you and know, how does that get proved? I mean, the QR code gets scanned, a name and address comes up to match the QR code scanned. Do the, does that person like me, for instance, to have have to have other identification? Well, that's not for us to ask, Neil. That is not for us <laughs> And that's part of the Is there a bit of a work to rule going on there, Michael, is there? Pardon? Is there a bit of a work to rule going on with the publicans saying we'll we'll do what we're asked, but we're not we're doing no more? Yeah, Neil. Look, we we never wanted to be in a position to uh, to be asking people at the door what to um, you know are you vaccinated or not. We've agreed that we will ask for their pass, and that is what we will do on Monday. And what people you know have been saying to us, you know, we're 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 being discriminatory, we're being this and that and the other. People have to remember when we get to Monday, the supports that we, that the government put in place for us stop. So we're in effect being forced to open on Monday because, you know, our businesses have bills to pay. 
you so, like, yeah. we're put in a position that we have to go with this. So, uh, it's 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 the paper based or the digital. Oh, I know. It's just that I was reading this morning. You see that the public are being urged to check their passes are correct prior to going to a pub or a restaurant. So they've done all of that. Then they go to the pub or the restaurant and they bring their QR code or the printed version. But what they're saying now, or at least what the newspapers are reporting, is that people will also be asked to carry other ID which they'll be asked to present at the point of entrance to confirm that their identity is matching the COVID pass. So they have the COVID pass plus a passport, the COVID pass plus a driving license. You're saying you won't ask for that? No, we won't ask for that, Neil. I'll be darned. So it, it, it's going to be quite confusing and you actually don't actually know who you're letting in then, do you? Technically. Well, well, once they have their COVID pass in front of us, Neil, um, that's what we've been asked to check, that everybody that's coming into our premises has a COVID pass on them. But I could take a photograph of my COVID pass and WhatsApp it to someone. Well, Neil, if the HSA enter my premises, you have to be responsible for what COVID pass you have. Oh, I know that in the event of a check, but... And, and you have to remember, there is fines in place for people that will fraudulently present uh, fake uh, COVID passes. No, but somebody could take a screenshot of the. I mean, this isn't your problem. I'm just po- trying to point out how yeah, this could become look, it, problematic. It's not, perfect, it's not a perfect system, Neil. Um, we, we all know that. But look, I suppose we'll have to do it to the best of our ability uh, come Monday uh, going forward. But look, I suppose it's, it's the next step on reopening society and we hope the public will work with us on it. Will a pub allow somebody in who can prove they've recovered from COVID? Will a pub allow somebody in who has a PCR antigen test? The, the PCR and antigen tests, unfortunately, no, we're not allowed to accept them. That is uh, what we've been told. Only have to have the cert. Only the, the, only the digital cert, be that paper form or, the, or, or on their smartphone, or if they've recovered from COVID, they'll also have a, they'll have a cert to prove that. Dave, and that's why they're all calling the helplines. That's and one final question, home. will you be accepting the card that shows the, the two serial numbers of the two vaccinations? We're, we're actually waiting, would you believe, uh, Neil, for clarification on that. We hope we can, but the department have been slow in saying yes to us on that, but we hope by this evening they'll give us a definitive answer on it. I hope we will be in a position to accept it, especially for the first few days when people may not have their certificates. Okay, so this is all down to personal responsibility, trust and doing the right thing, primarily from the public. You know, that's, that's where this will either work or just fall apart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Listen, my man. Thanks so much as always for being at the end of the phone. You clarified an awful lot for me this morning. Good luck on Monday. Cheers, Neil. Thank Take you. Take care, Michael O'Donovan at the Castle Inn. I, I think that was an amazing conversation. That it really is very much down to personal responsibility and trust. And trust, because really, to be honest with you, from where we're at now, unless anything changes, you could have anybody's QR code on your phone. You could have a screenshot of mine. It they, it, it never will be checked the public and say they will not move on to that next step where they will counter check it with another form of identification all right so anyway it's just this is a story that keeps on giving and hopefully so will the olympics be i want to do this now because it's very important the olympics start this morning and i want to wish the very best of luck to all of those who have traveled to tokyo 
primarily from Cork. And we have great representation out of Cork at the Olympics. Can I just say, in particular, there are four past pupils from Eglantine School competing in the Olympics. Meg Ryan, her coach Emma Hamill, representing uh, gymnastics. Louise Shannon in the eight, uh, Shanahan in the 800 metres. Uh, and Margaret Kremen in rowing. Amazing stuff from four past pupils at Eglantine. So good luck to them all. Anyway, uh, any attention at all for women's athletes in any form is amazing if you get to read this out. Well, we also have not just people in rowing, with, but also in athletics, equestrian and cycling. So if you don't mind, I just want to give them all uh, a shout out if you don't mind. All right. So we start with rowing. Fintan McCarthy, Paula Donovan, Gary O'Donovan, uh, Sunita Puspor, uh, Ronan Byrne, Emily Hagerty, Emer Lamb, Afrik Kyo, Tara Hanlon, Aoife Casey, Margaret Kremen, Lydia Heafy, all representing us in rowing. In athletics, Phil Healy, Aoife Cook, uh, Michelle Finn, Gymnastics, Meg Ryan, Louise Shannon in the 800, and Alex Ryan in the 20-kilometer walk, walk. In equestrian, we have Shane Sweetman um, in show jumping. And in cycling, we have Eddie Dunbar for the road race. Okay. So we are represented on Lee side in four different sports, kind of more than, than four different sports, really, when you continue to break it down, because there's different forms. I mean, for instance, if you look at um, Aoife Cook in the marathon, Phil Healy in the 200, the 400, and the 400-meter relay. I know I'm picking out one or two, and but everyone's got a shout-out. Those lads are our Cork Olympians. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now, 1850-104-106. Red FM. Free Food Friday with Oak Fire Pizza. Your opportunity to scoop pizza for you and your buddies. We'll have three winners. Four large pizzas with sides from Oakside Pizza, from Oak Fire Pizza. Hi to everybody listening in Easton's and Wilton. And um, who else have I got for you this morning? Uh, oh, Bell's seventh birthday party is happening at Carrig Navarre Swimming Pool. They'd love pizza for it this morning. EMH Technical Services are currently working in the sweltering heat in Carrigaline School, getting it, getting it ready for September. For morning to all who do the 5 a.m. shift in Right Medical. Ray Horn was in touch nominating you guys for pizza. The sales and marketing team at Trigon Hotels, Clonakilty Credit Union, Cork Distribution in Little Islander, Listening Cork Flower Studios in Douglas Street, Jealous Hair Salon on Nuns Walk in Balafihan. It's tough going in a hair salon in the heat, they tell me. Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike, Expert Attic Conversions, Anglesey Street Garda Station, the staff working there, the Clothes Horse in Carrick Tool, uh, Store Shops, uh, Store Fit Shop Fitters, Crowley as Engineering, Lads Barbers in Frankfield, Irish International Trading on the Tremor Road, Virgin Media in Churchfield, Hurley's Bar and Restaurant in Bally Spall and Spittle, Hickey's Pharmacy in Bakers Road are listing, Paddy Murray Auctioneers are listing in Bandon, and just another few, Northside Tires on the north side in the Old Mallow Road, Altadomas at the airport, uh, Joe's Edge Hair Salon in Blarney, Cork Flower Studios in Douglas, actually they texted a few times, the ladies and gents at the National Ambulance Service don't get the recognition they deserve, and shipping solutions down in in the port of Cork, a particular good morning to Andrea and our hard-working staff. So keep those shout-outs coming. We'll do one more blast between now and midway, midday. Text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. While everybody's out enjoying the sun, right, and taking the sun and absolutely loving it, it doesn't suit everybody, you know. Uh, Marguerite is one of them. She's allergic to the sun. Marguerite. Hello, Neil. How uh, are you? I mean, I say that I'm allergic to it and I hate sitting under it and I much prefer the shade, but I'm not actually allergic, but you are. I suffer from a very rare skin disorder. It's called Darius disease and it's very rare. It's worse in the summer. 
and the heat and humidity don't help this. Okay. And what and does the so sun do to your skin? Oh, it can cause um, rashes, anything from rashes to lesions. To um, it can my skin can give off an odor, even though I'm spotlessly clean. It comes on my scalp, my forehead, my upper arms, my chest, my back, my knees, my elbows, behind the ear, practically everywhere, Neil. My God, how quickly can that happen? Or do you just avoid direct sunshine all of the time? I have to avoid direct sunshine and heat. So I'm sitting here now and I have a fan going on me and all the windows in the house are open. Um, It's just a nightmare. I know it must be because we all have windows open, but it's still very hot indoors. It is, yeah. I can't go out in it. Are you suffering? I am, I am, from the heat. And last night now was an absolute nightmare in that I thought I was just going to walk down to the river with the itch, not being overly personal with you, but the itch just drove me to distraction last night. Oh, you poor, poor thing. Do you mind me asking, tell me about your mum. My mum, I broke my back last August. And I was admitted to level two in the South Infirmary for three months. How did that happen? I fell off a chair in the bedroom, taking something down off the wardrobe. Oh, my God. So, so easily happened. It's just, I've had a horrific year, and I don't want to be putting a dampener on anyone's spirits with my story. But my mum came into hospital onto the same ward as me. Why was she admitted? The same skin disorder. Garrier's disease. Yeah, and she had dementia as well. And um, in the end, while I was on the ward with her, she died. Are you telling me that you and your mum were in the same ward and you were in a bed and she was in a bed and she passed away in the same ward as you? In the room next door to me. I was in a private room and she was in a private room. I was in room 15 and she was in room 16. Right in the middle, right in the middle of COVID, of course, in the in the very, yeah, very busy times. Yeah, like if, in a way, it's, you know, they say things happen for a reason. Um, I maintain that if I hadn't brought my back, Mummy would have died alone. You know. Were you there for her when she passed away? I was there the whole time. I know, but the physically only time there. I left her. The only time I left her was to have my meals. Um, or even if the nurses told me to go in and have a shower, you know, so they could apply all the creams and do treatments on me, and it's the only time I left her. And in the end, um, they told us that there wasn't much left in mum, and um, my two sisters were with me, they were allowed in. Unfortunately, one of my sisters didn't make it on time, she had just missed her. And my brother just missed her. I know. So, um... It's very sad. It's very sad. Um, um, it's not so that I'm actually allergic to the sun. It's the sun has just a very traumatic effect on my skin, you know? So how do you ever... Like, you haven't been out so over the last couple of weeks, have you? And you've never been on a sun holiday or a foreign holiday or anything. Are you, are you trapped? I'm basically trapped, yeah. A dermatologist told me years ago that the best holiday I could go on would be into the snow up the Alps. Yeah. And the colds then, I just don't like the cold, you know. But do you um, go out after dark? I would. I'd go for 
a small kind of a walk or something, you know, the evening suits me better. Um, but having broken my back, I haven't gone out much because my movement is very restricted. So I'm really caught at the moment, you know. And you're, you're describing the rash and the itch that goes with it all over your body, from the top of your head and your hair right down to your toes. Um, yeah. That you just can't take it. I just, it just, it drives me to distraction. I'm under the care of an amazing dermatologist. His name is Dr. John Burke in the Fulton Farmery. And I'm under the care of him and his team and he treated mum and um, so it's hereditary, is it? If your mum had hereditary, it, you know. yeah, it's all on my mother's side of the family, but it's extremely rare. And the Any, that anyone else in Cork that has it? Do you know? I don't. That's the reason I was getting in touch with your show was I want to try and set up a support group, you know, and to see if there's anyone else in Cork and see how rare it is and do my own investigations into it because. The way mum died, it wasn't very nice. So um, I said, I'm going to fight this tooth and nail for myself, you know. Now, the Darius wasn't her, like she had caught an infection on top of the Darius. But the Darius is actually the second list on her cause of death. What was the infection? Uh, Pseudonomous. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't COVID, no, no. Um... It's it's an infection that it kind of um, it just set in on top of it. And is is Darius is that for life? Like there's no cure. Oh, it, there's no cure. No, you can go on um, a drug called Roaccutane, Neoticin, Otesla. You did you ever take Roaccutane? People would get, that was very effective for young people and teenagers with acne. Yeah, I'm on Roaccutane at the moment. Um, I'm on a Tesla at the moment. I'm on a six-month um, antibiotic at the moment. I'm on a whole host of medication for it. I also have to mention my pharmacist in Mayfield here, not giving shout-outs to anybody, but um, Seamus and his team in Arwins, you know. They're so very good to me. They deliver out my scripts to me. And they just can't do enough. You know, sourcing my well, moisturizers. Well, yeah, yeah, the moisturizers and the lotions and the prescriptions. But does anybody talk to you about diet or the food that you're eating in, in any way, shape or form, about trying to adapt your diet to fight it? No? Well, It's all very well getting all the medications, but did anybody ever look at um, the food we eat? No. Um, you see, what happens with barriers is there's like a mutation in a gene, you know? And that, in that gene, there's an enzyme called circuit 2 And that enzyme controls the level of calcium in cells. And those cells give off a, a, a signal, for all the want of a better word, to other cells for, to help with normal development. So mine is actually blocked. So I have a defective gene, if you get me, you know. Would it be good to hear of other people who are also um, living with I would love to hear. Would you feel feel better better if you knew you weren't alone? I would. I would. Most definitely. You know, like, um, it's just this heat wave now. I know people are enjoying it. And And with the heat wave, the rash is worse and the the itch is worse. Oh, it is. The itch last night now just 
drove me mad and I'm I'm taking all antihistamines. Um I'm really looking after my skin at the moment in that like the showers and the creams and the whole lot, you know, even the showers are hard for me to have because the skin is open. I know, I've seen photographs of Darriers, I've been looking at it this morning. Yeah. So like uh, Mine wouldn't be as severe as some of the cases you might have looked at. My rash wouldn't be as prominent because those cases that you might have looked at are probably in America where their climate is really, really hot. They have proper summers, as the fellow says. But if you're, you know, your quality of life, it's not the greatest, is it? No, you know, it has a knock-on effect on my mental health. Yeah, well. and, you know, you don't have much to look forward to every day. I mean, it's no. like, it's like you're just on a wheel of this. This is the same each and every day, and you don't look forward to summer. So you're, you're like, no. you're a prisoner to it, aren't you? I am, yeah. I am. It sounds, it sounds to me as good. if it gets, you know, even in your voice, I can hear that you're down. Yeah, my partner is very good to me, you know, like, it's not long since I lost mum, and my partner has had to put up with a lot, you know, with, with me and the Darriers and the whole lot, you know. I know, I know. And he's fan- absolutely fantastic. He's just... I'm blessed with him, to you be are, honest with you. You are. Well, Mar- Marguerite, your neighbour Bernice called to say that you too are a wonderful woman who would do anything to help people in spite of all of the issues that you have with uh, with Darriers. You know Bernice, do you? I, I know her, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well... Thank you so much. All right. Listen, um... I'm so sorry to hear that. It would be a wonderful thing if they could just come up with a way of just curing it, you know? I mean, it just sounds an awful thing to be trapped with every single day. Maybe, you know what? Um, can I just give a shout out for the pizzas actually to the dermatology team in the, the South Infirmary, Dr. Burke's top dermatology team, and the nurses. On level two. Yeah, they're all probably way too healthy. They probably wouldn't touch pizza. So. <laughs> they would, you I'd know. Say, no, I'd say they're all <laughs> eating yogurt, some muesli in there, and fresh fruit and green they, veg. They are, and they're right. <laughs> right. Okay. I was in there for three months, and I got to know all the girls really, really you, well. They you, became like a family, you know. I know, I know. And they were all really, really upset when Mammy died as well, like, you know. Oh, sure, I know. I know. Listen, Marguerite, you'd never know who may well be listening. And part of our conversation is for you to see if there are other people in Cork who are suffering like you. Let us find out if there are, yeah? Yeah, just to meet up with people, you know, even to go for a coffee and have a chat or, you know, just... No one ever spoke to you about nutrition, though, no? No, no. Yeah, I think I think that's, I think somebody's missed, the dropped the ball there if they haven't. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. I'm, like, I'm not I saying that it. I'm not. Has I'm, an effect. What? I know dairy could have an effect. There you know? are. You see. I mean, I, I'm not saying that it could f- fix your problems, but it needs to be looked at if there is a diet plan that, like, there's even since I said it, uh, Brenda says I spoke to a man who had Darius disease, went to a nutritionist in Cove. She changed his life. He'd be happy to pass on the number. Oh, brilliant. It's like we are what we eat, you know. Is that man from Cork, Neil? Um, I'm going to put you back on hold there. You can chat with Brenda and we can all find out then. But, I, but I'll talk to you again, Marguerite, all right? Thank you very much, All Neil. right, back to you there, Brenda. Marguerite's back to you. Text 0868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. All right, make the most of the weather, certainly today and tomorrow. And here, Sunday isn't too bad because it's all going to change by Monday. But hopefully it'll come back again in the not too 
distant future. So we need to talk up the positive. And Seamus was out and about visiting to various different spots across the week, sunshine destinations. And uh, during the week, he headed he headed west down to a place that is just cracking when it comes to Ross Carberry Village and indeed the adjacent beach to it, the Warren. This is my fourth day here because I only live up there. We didn't have to get weather like this. You know? You get weather like this, you know, you, didn't, you have to enjoy it, like, you know what I mean? So that's it, yeah. And is it always this busy? It is quite the day, actually. I think anyway, but... Uh, in the afternoon, out will get very busy. But you know what? This is our first time coming here. And it's just, it's safe, it's small, it's sheltered, with lovely little food trucks. It's beautiful. And it doesn't seem to be as busy as some of the other beaches around. So, you know, you don't have to get up the crack of dawn to come here either. A bit like the Spanish costas here this morning, isn't it? It's a bit, yeah. Uh... yeah, it's beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous. And do you come, is this a regular spot for yourselves? No, we're no. visiting from Wexford. Yeah. We're staying with friends, so they recommend the area, yeah. Beautiful. We came from Dublin, yeah. This is my daughter, my granddaughter, Ashley, dear. So is it a bit of a reunion for you as well, or...? Well, it, it's uh, an occasion where I bring my pre-COVID daughter down to our granny's native county um, and uh, get her to experience some of what I experienced growing up. It's just the freedom that the three boys have and just the lovely clean waters, the swimming, a little bit of everything. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty safe though, isn't it, for kids to swim? It is, and we're so lucky to have the lifeguards here as well and um, the lovely clean waters. We have our blue flag back this, this year as well, so it's, we have loads to do. We have the Lagoon Activity Centre, we have Smuggler's Cove, there's some lovely pitch and putt courses here. And we have our playground as well. There's so much to do. Something for all the family. What makes the Ross Carberry the village here? A lot of it, I think, is the people. And that's what I would have said as well. Yeah, it's the people. And it is a lovely village. You know, everybody kind of knows everybody. And it's been kept immaculate as well. It yes. is. They do the Business Association of Roscarbury are very meticulous. They they make sure it's well kept. And there's there's also a garden committee. You know, and they take care of the flowers. Are you seeing many tourists here this year on staycations? Right now I don't know who's a tourist and who's not a tourist. It has got busier though. I mean there are st- there are people coming. In the evening when the pubs oh. are open. Like Brian, you're the owner of the uh, Drip Horse Box here in uh, Ross Carberry at, at the Warren. Um, how long have you been here? Uh, we've been here about two years now at the stage, so um, we kind of got in early. And uh, yeah, it's been very successful here at the Warren. People have really found it as a, as a great beach since lockdown. and. Um, so it's got everything, it's got a great walk, lovely beach and uh, toilet facilities and everything. So, yeah, it's been great. There's a massive increase in the amount of people around, yeah. Um, it's great to see people taking their holidays at home. And um, even people from not too far afield are coming from the city and uh, and finding Ross Carberry and finding the Warren for uh, for their days out and their staycations, yeah. It's been a kind of a, a hidden gem for years, hasn't it? It has, yeah. Yeah, part of me was wondering, should we kind of keep it hidden for another while and keep it for ourselves? But no, it's been great. It's been great. You know, it's a fab- fabulous beach. It's very safe. 
we always pass by and go on to Castle Townsend. So, but the children were dying to get here. So you're not lo- you're not local, no? No, God, no. Uh, we're we're Kildare. <laughs> and yeah, uh, my son and his wife and their two little boys, and my daughter and her husband, and their two little girls, and they're they they over from the UK actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it's a bit of a reunion. Yes, so you, yes. you you have met them in over twelve months, two years. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. It's been shocking. Absolutely. Imagine not being able to chat to this child. <laughs> you do Zoom, couldn't she? Pardon? You could do it on Zoom. Yeah. Well, we but, did, but. We we had to give it up yeah. because we used to get too upset. Yeah, we haven't seen. I haven't seen her since two years. And has she changed? No, still the same <laughs> old grandma. Oh, she's <laughs> such a dude. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Did you go out on the lagoon here? Yes. Did you yes. Find, and what was your favourite? Probably the big iceberg, but I got my head hit a few times. Oh dear. So I'm Deborah. I'm the wedding and events manager here at the Celtic Ross Hotel. This year, we've definitely seen an increase in. Um, leisure business like family staying they're definitely staycating in Ireland which is great as you can see from the Warren we have beauty on our doorstep and um, there's smugglers cove above there's the lagoon across from us you know there is hidden tr- gems within West Cork um, and I think that's what people come down to us for our outside dining is full every day uh, we do recommend that you reserve your table that you book ahead and it's at the stage now where it's two weeks in advance that we recommend um, our indoor obviously is open for our, our guests in house but outdoor is very, very busy as well at the moment. We're on holiday! We're all from Nace and Calair, but I'm living in Mitchellstown. What is it about here that draws you down here? The sea! The sea! The sea! The, sea, the beaches, yeah. The lagoon! Yeah, we get to go on pedal boats. This lady uh, over there that, that owns that shop, she said that all of Kildare is down here. <laughs> we met a couple in Bantry from Manu. Yeah, and we're from Athai, yeah. Oh, what is it about Ross Carby that's bringing you down here? Well, I mean, your parents had been here years ago and they wanted to move down here. That's everyone says West Cork, West Cork in general. We've never been been to West Cork, the two of us, and just people say it's so beautiful. And what's your first impression? Oh, yeah, I'd be back in a heartbeat. Like, I love it, you know, love it. Ross Carberry and the Warren Beach on a beautifully glorious sunny day. Thanks, Seamus. And make the most of today and tomorrow and the weekend because by Monday it'll be a distant memory, I'd imagine, for a while anyway. Okay, free Food Friday, our last bunch batch of shout-outs and then after the break we'll pick a winner. Trevor Tool, Trevor Toolhire and Victoria Road are listening. TK Maxx in Douglas, Brambles Hill in Bramble Hill in Douglas. Karen O'Shocknessy would love pizza to share with the family and friends. Everybody at Mary Kate cakes and Dave is delivering the delicious Mary Kate cakes all over Cork and Waterford uh, everybody working at Chair of Artistry Hair on George's Key, good morning to the Brothers of Charity staff in Lota AP Vaughan Recycling, Sheehan's Plumbing Crew, working hard fixing your leaks, heating your pipes, filling your tanks stopping your drips and warming your toes <laughs> Summerhill Construction and Blarney are listening. Everyone at Massey Ferguson, Sub-Zero Cryotherapy. Just a few more canny car sales, canny sales garage in Bronslow Yard. Uh, Kelly's Solid Fuel Merchants on the Monaghan Road. Broderick's Chemist on Barrick Street. MB Transport working hard. Everybody at PMC Commercials in Ballonhasig. And also the lads in Cork Builders Providers in Blackpool. So, would you please um, pick three winners now, Mark, and then we will give three large pizzas with sides, courtesy of ourselves, 
at Oak Fire Pizza. We'll pick the winners after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Anyway, Free Food Friday winners. Uh, this is three pizzas with sides, courtesy of sales in Oakside, Oak Fire Pizza. And they are at Douglas, Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street and Galabi Street. So, pizza and lunch for everybody at Slide Glide, Southside Industrial Estate. Also for Caroline, Engie and Margot and all of the members of uh, Republic of Work on the South Mouth. Angie's leaving next Friday, so pizza would be a nice farewell lunch. And finally, could you imagine working in a hair salon these days? Or a barber's or something like that with the heat. All the girls working in A&D hair in Glanmire, working hard, pampering the ladies. I love the show, always listening. Happy Friday, guys, they say. So those are our free food Friday winners for this week, courtesy of ourselves in Oak Fire Pizza. Now, my conversation with uh, Rocky Stone during the week, Spangle Hill Forever. Um, I promised that I would give away some books, and he has duly delivered. Now, um, they're, they're sold out um, so there's going to be a lot more books coming and very soon they'll be arriving again in Vibes and Scribes on the maybe around about the 3rd of August if you want to buy one. But if you're online and you have an Amazon.co account, uh, you can buy the book on paperback or in Kindle on Kindle at Amazon.co.uk. But our lines are open. We have three copies to give away. We'll take colours 10, 11 and 12. one 850 104 That is... Um, Spangle Hill Forever by the one and only Rocky Stone. So get dialing for those. Uh, I did promise, I think when we chatted some time back, I promised Sparkle, the band Sparkle, the duo, uh, Caroline and Jen, that we'd have them in studio. And I'm a man that always, I'm a man that always delivers on his promise. Maybe not in the choice of summer songs, but we'll say no more I about like that. Yeah, who said that, Caroline? That yeah, was Jen. <laughs> Sorry. Stuck, I love your songs too. I can see Jen, but Caroline's stuck behind a, a big, huge monitor, but I know you're there. <laughs> Actually, do you have any summer songs? Uh, we do. We do a bit of dreams, do we? For the Some, something short and sweet. Yeah, not no bother. We go straight in. That's all. Short notice, just like that. Just like that. <laughs> it's great to see you both. It really is. What Me kind too. of what kind of a year and a half have you had? Oh. I mean, you were flying, gigging here, there, left, right, like everybody else, and then boom. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's been quiet. Um, we've been trying. What to have you busy. been doing? We've been writing an EP. So our first EP now will be out November time in full. But the single now, Long Way Home, that's out today. Um, but I no gigs. Been, no gigs. No, no. Live on did, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not quite the same. No, live from the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. We can you that. can you play a courtyard now or a beer garden? 
Some I, people are. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Like, because we've had a few bits of weddings that have been rebooked, but then they've been cancelled again. And there's no like, kind of clear guidelines to what we're doing at all. Like, you know, um, like we had a full band wedding about two weeks ago. How many of you? Uh, five of us. So the boys, Dave, Ian, and Tyg as well. So, but then we had a two piece wedding for last week and that was cancelled. So it's, I don't know what. But did the five piece go ahead? Yeah, that went ahead. With Outdoors? 50, indoors with 50 people. So it's kind of, we don't know what, what's Weird, happening really. Weird, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like it's it kind of depends on the hotel really. Like. And it depends on the part of the country and all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. but it will be great when this is over. You can get back and do what you want to do. Yeah, well, that's the plan. Hopefully, anyway, yeah. we're, we're going to go busking in town today instead, though. <laughs> Where will you be? Um, I'll tell you Thomas. I'd say what so time? We can do about five o'clock. Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> should we might as well try anyway. Take it to the street <laughs> yeah. instead. Will you throw a box down or a hat? Oh, well, we will. We will. <laughs> you, can, you can dance around it. Yeah, <laughs> our friend Rachel will be going around looking for tips. <laughs> I'll mind the money then, will I? You, you can. can. You yeah. can. You will regret saying that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll send you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a new single from a new EP. How many's on an EP? Four? Um, we have five on it. Yeah, four or five Ooh, normally. Yeah. Okay, and where so, will that be available? Um, Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere online, YouTube, everywhere. All the kind of normal music platforms. Yeah. That's Spotify. I was yeah. reading an interview recently with um, uh, one of the lads from Crosby, Stills and Nash. Who was it? It was David Crosby. Yeah. He, he is freaking over Spotify. And he said that yeah. if he had a million downloads of a new song now, mm. he would just be about able to buy me breakfast. Yeah, it is. It's very bad. All right. Like, what yeah. the heck? Like, like 100 streams is about 90 cent. What like, the so hell? We have to get a few more streams. Is it that much? <laughs> I wouldn't have thought it was 90 well, cent. with the songwriter, but it's <laughs> 45 cents. <laughs> Better off writing your own songs then, which is what you guys do. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. so we're going to play out. This is great. Let's have another bit okay. of live music. Perfect. So this is the new single, Long Way Home. What's it about? Um, it's a happy, upbeat love song. It's kind of the complete opposite of Shining On Me, so... <laughs> We're feeling a bit more happy this time. Um, Which yeah. should be the other way around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's more of a summer song now as well for you, Neil. Yeah, it's a bop. So you know I got grief because they're saying that my summer songs were too damn old. Oh, well, I love, love, love brand new ones. I love some songs. Yeah, she does. She loves all the old kind of... I loved her. Heat wave. Yeah. yeah, but no, we won't go there. Please, we won't go there. Don't worry. Live is better, I think. So it let's is. hear it. Caroline Bailey, Jen Bowler, Sparkle. New song, Long Way Out. Long Way Home. Out now. I can't hide the smile on my face when you walk on by when I hear your name. Is it obvious? I'm so obvious. I can't help how I roll my eyes when the other girls look at you as I so oblivious, so oblivious. Take my hand and make it better. Promise me we'll be together. Take the long way home. Wrap me up in your old I'm weak in the knees when you laugh and smile when you joke and tease is it obvious oh so obvious and I can't fight those dreams at night holding hand in hand walking side by side so
gift of time If you could promise you'll be mine Hours pass me by I'll follow you until the end of time If you could promise you'll be I think you guys are telepathically linked or, or you're actually <laughs> twins. <laughs> Je- and Caroline, I'm thinking of giving you um, um, some tambourine or something. Yeah. Like Stevie Nicks. I usually have the lads with, with, with me, so like it's yeah. a bit easier, but... I think a tambourine would work well there. Yeah. Having, and you've been practising. Oh, I have. <laughs> you've been practising. <laughs> plenty time, Neil. Here and <laughs> You mean you just want to get up and dance? Brenda was telling me that you did a gig... Joe, you're busking in Galway or yeah, something, right. and the whole yeah. street was. Yeah, it was brilliant. Joe, oh. you know we did it by. Like, we just kind of said, Ash, look, we'll try it for the crack. And we sat down on a curb, like, and we said, Ash, look, we will. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of dead, really. And then we played Maniac 2000, and then the place went crazy. And there were so many people there, but everyone just had such a nice time. Joe, it was just so normal. I know. And um, it was just the crack, like, that's yeah, all really. I know. You know what? Yeah. I'd say what you really are missing are festivals. Yeah, yeah, I know. We when you got all of those people out in front in great yeah. form, just wanting to dance. That's it. Like, Jump yeah. around and yeah, have fun. Definitely. We played Electric Picnic the last couple of years. I know, so. that's what I mean. Yeah, Things like that. Love to be, I don't know, is it going to go ahead this year? They haven't said no yet. It's supposed to be the end of September, so. Don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully fingers don't know. crossed. Yeah. Don't know. Terribly sorry for my rudeness. I can't, <laughs> I can't see you with these screens. That's all right. Can but, I just say hi to my daughter, um, Ellie? She's in Ballyhigh. She'd be delighted. She's only nine. Yeah. Oh, hi, she's getting hi, the sun in Ballyhigh. Yeah. Mammy's working. <laughs> 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 anyway, listen, it's great to see you both. Thanks you for too. popping in. You've put a pep in all our step. Well done with Long Way Home. It's superb. Thanks very Thanks much. Thanks for having great us. Great to see you both. That's Caroline and Jen. Sparkle. Okay, somebody will be sparkling. That's Regina Herbert in Ovens, Marie Lee in Glanmire, and Lewis in Mitchellstown, and Breda Dennehy on the Model Farm Road. We have the books for you guys. Rocky Stone's new book. Um, Spangle Hill forever. Lines will stay open at one 106 My apologies for not getting to everything. Have a good day. Enjoy the weekend. I'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.